0: Lord knows I want to be like Jean Claude Van Damme. All right, everybody, welcome to episode 128 of the Superhouse Podcast. This is Andrew coming in from Los Angeles, and I have Joey here. Hey, hey, hey. And this week we have a very special guest once again. Our guest this week is a practical effects artist named Eric Fiedler. He is a mad scientist animatronics guy now, but has worn a lot of different hats over the years. He has done special effects work for films such as The Abyss, Monster Squad, Predator, Attack the Block, Sandlot, Mortal Kombat, Goonies, Anaconda, some Atari commercials, just to name a few. He has been a hairdresser, mold maker, puppeteer, lab tech, and animatronic supervisor throughout his career. You'll see just how crazy this dude is. Welcome to Superhouse, Eric. Oh, thank you. Uh, did I do that? <laughs> <laughs>
1: awesome, man.
0: So let's get right into it.
1: So you tell me which, how you want to go down this road. You lead, I'll follow, and then I'll tell you stories that I have, but they're good ones. Uh, what I was going to tell you, I'll just go over it with you now. For instance, sure. Tom Berman, he was my he top. He got me started. So okay. Go through it really quick and just say hey, well i just get a little closer to the mic oh i yeah. just say that i uh
0: sorry everybody makes that yeah mistake
1: he gave me my first break i worked for him for free for a while uh with a bunch of great people
0: you were a hairdresser i heard at first
1: yeah so are we we're not recording now though. W- uh, yeah we are
0: oh
1: <laughs> <laughs> and there you go yeah that's that's the rumor i'm a hair i was a hairdresser prior to getting into the film industry and people go, what? That doesn't make any sense. But it makes perfect sense. Because I liked costuming and I liked uh, Halloween and mm-hmm. I liked uh, Fourth of July. I liked all kinds of effects stuff. I liked all that. So I was a hairdresser. met my wife in hair school. And for Halloween, we get all decked out. Okay, you know, And I'd stipple latex on me and all this kind of stuff. And uh, it wasn't until I read an article in uh, L.A. Magazine. About Tom Berman and about uh, uh, Dick Smith and Rob Boutine. We're all featured in this right around the time of the howling. Okay. And uh, so I wanted to do this. I tried to call Rob Boutine. I think I got his number. I would leave phone. No one would ever call me back. I'd leave phone, you know, answer machine stuff and no one would call me back.
0: And a little mysterious, right? He was, yeah. Yeah. And this was way,
1: way, way, way early. Mm -hmm. And so nothing happened. Uh, But the Tom Berman picture, in the background was his studio. And there was a sign that said, Berman Studio. And it had the address and phone number on it. I said, hot damn. (laughs) So I gave him a call. He was really nice. I said, hey, could I come down and just observe what you're doing? Mm -hmm. See how that, you know, how it is? And he goes, sure, but give a call first. And uh, then, then we'll, you know, see if it's okay.
0: And what year was this? So Around roundabouts?
1: Boy, about 82. Okay. And they were doing Cat People at the time with Nata- Nastasha Kinski. Mm-hmm. And so I would go on my day off, Monday. That's what hairdressers get Mondays off. <laughs> and I'd go down there <laughs> and uh, just watch what they did. And, like, uh, Lance Anderson was there. And that's Dave Anderson, Academy Award winner's dad. He's mm-hmm. a... Lance is a great guy. I've been on a lot of shows with him. Uh, Rob Berman was there. Tom Berman. Sandy Berman. Uh, This guy, Frank Carasosa, was there. He's a makeup artist who uh, uh, did dances with Wolves, was the key makeup uh, for Costner. And then Steve Laporte was there, another makeup artist. And I just go around the shop and just ask him questions and look at it. Then go home. And then screw up my apartment, our apartment, Leslie's see my apartment, <laughs> get clay all over the place in the carpet, screw up the patio, and uh, bring it back and then get critiqued on what I did. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, you'd say, I, have your, I can obviously tell your stone is too wet, and you don't have any sisal fiber in there, any hemp. And I go, what's hemp? You know, <laughs> I have no idea what this is, so he'd give me a little wad of hemp, and I'd go home. Um and so that's, that's how I got in. Well, I didn't. that's not how I got in. Then I went to Tom, and I said, hey, Tom, I want to do this. How do I do it? And he says, well, you can start as an intern, and we don't pay you,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but come on in and, and start. And I go, well, when can I start? And he goes, well, we've got a show starting right about now. And that was Space Hunter mm-hmm. Adventures in the Forbidden Zone in 3D with uh, Molly Ringwall and
0: uh, Michael Ironside. The name is awesome. Yeah. I love the name. <laughs> I've never seen the movie, but. It's not, it's not that great. And that's
1: a <laughs> button from it, a little 3D button that they gave us all. Nice. Uh, I didn't go, get to go to set. It was filmed in Canada. Okay. Uh, but I got to make a bunch of cool stuff for it. Some, that's uh, cool. Some sheet foam fabrication, some fat suits uh, for
0: that uh, show. It was really fun. That was a good one. The movie is not that good though oh not necessarily no <laughs> no it's pretty interesting not even as a bad sci-fi flick uh, like, uh, in no that, you in know as way, a bad
1: sci-fi flick so I'm sure a lot of people love it it was right around the genre of when um, uh, Mad Max came out okay. okay so Mad Max started this whole apocalyptic uh, make stuff out of old you know, <laughs> yeah. iron and bent stuff yeah. and you know all yeah. that kind of stuff and that's it was kind of that. In that spirit, feel. yeah, it was mm-hmm. totally in that spirit. Very interesting. And Michael Ironside had these big claws, and he had like he was in a a crane that would move him around, and they would have people fight, and it was just a yeah, you know, Mad Max like Thunderdome, Mad Max, a mm-hmm. whole bunch of things put together. It's pretty interesting.
0: So you did hair and fat suits and all kinds of stuff for this. So I did
1: hair for that tom let me do all kinds of stuff he let me sculpt i sculpted one of the fat heads they didn't use it of course because i didn't know what i was doing Uh, (laughs) but i did lay all the hair on them i got to paint them uh foam sheet foam fabricated that and uh that's what i got coined as was a sheet foam fabricator in the very beginning okay so so that's how i started that's how i got in the film industry and then it kind of bounced from here to there and and um
0: but so you're you're mainly known for animatronics now, correct? Yeah. So this is jumping ahead a little bit, but you go from like kind of sheet foam fabrication to animatronics or I walked I walked a
1: big long walk and I did and I think it's really good. I did sheet foam fabrication, then I would do and I got kind of coined for that in the beginning and then I would be a mold maker. And I love making mold. To me, making molds is like zen work. It's really mm-hmm. good. And this is all stone stuff. This is before they had silicone.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. We
1: had this stuff called uh, Tuffy, Black Tuffy and Gray Stretchy. <laughs> and they were three-component sulfur-based urethanes. I think. I don't even know what they were. They were horrible. They would may or may not go off. Okay. They were notorious for just like, you know, floating, finding their way out of a mold like silicone and never curing. Um. <laughs> and so um, I was a mold maker, so I made stone molds. And then I would be casting. I did a lot of casting out of those molds. Mm-hmm. And then I did rigging. I'd rig effects and stuff like that. Mm. And then and then that all progressed into making animatronics. And the animatronics came, um, I think the first thing we did was Highway to Hell, Okay, which I did some hands that would grab. They were handcuffs get the joke uh, and they were connected together by something and then they were cable operated and you know it would come up and the hand would open and then it would come down to whoever's arm it was and then the hand would grab onto mm-hmm. them and then they would take the other hand and it would grab onto the end of the inside of the cop car you know mm-hmm. and uh, that was that was the first mechanical thing.
0: Did you have any uh, experience with this kind of stuff at all? You ever study electrician work or anything you know, like that? Well
1: I grew up on a kind of on a horse ranch so we always had to fix stuff Okay. I always had to take care of my own car. My dad mm-hmm. would teach me how to do whatever, mm-hmm. and you just basically did a lot of fixing and had a natural inclination to how mechanical things worked. Uh, you know, by working around, you know, mm-hmm. with stuff, cars, chainsaws, mini bikes, go karts, whatever.
0: So that came pretty natural.
1: Oh, and uh, of course, uh, RC planes. You know, oh, okay. I Used to make RC planes a lot, so it okay. all fit together.
0: You prefer that the most now? That's what I you're love sticking with that.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. I love it because you get to make things come to life and you get to uh you get to move it on camera. Mm-hmm. You get to make it perform and do something and and when everything is just right and it all looks good, it's amazing.
0: And when it isn't?
2: Eh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. That's awesome. Um, what's some of the, what's the, you probably get asked this a lot, but like what's the most thing, the, the, the work you're most proud of so far?
1: Oh, the nicest piece. Wow. Well, not necessarily best movie, just singular piece. Yeah. I think the uh, NTI from the Abyss uh. was really pretty awesome. It, it was practical. It was clear, it worked in water, it had fiber optics going through it, it was fluid, it was beautiful, it did exactly what it was supposed to do for the movie mm-hmm. before CG. Yeah, yeah. And um, I love that piece. And that was really fun. Um, there are a couple great things about that. When we were making that work, we were over at um, Dream Quest, and they were doing the visual effects. Uh, Hoyt Yateman, is the head over there. He was doing all the visual effects, a couple of cool things. So the way that we had to make the NTI move back and forth like a butterfly was you had it on a pole and you literally had to move it in the water and that caused the oscillation. And uh, the, to, the way to make this thing move that we had to explain to Jim Cameron was you had it was on the end of a pole and that pole would oscillate. And we had bungee cords kind of suspending that pole and Cameron said, I want it to oscillate just like you're doing, but I want it to be absolutely still in the frame. It can't move down and up and forward and back. Oh. And we're going, uh. <laughs> now this is how I know Jim Cameron's a freaking genius. Mm-hmm. This is exactly how I know. He took our rig. Okay, how do I describe it for the radio people? <laughs> he made a gantry where our rig was on one end of it, suspended by the bungee cords, in the middle to this of this, let's call it rock and roll truss, in the middle of it was a chain hooked to the ceiling to the perms, and on the other end was a basket with the camera in it. Oh. So no matter where we move the NTI in the frame, the orientation to the camera was always in the center. That's amazing. And he he went like, There it was Mm. in a second. Mm. And I just going, fuck, brilliant. That guy's a fucking genius. I don't care who any, I don't care if this guy blows his top or does anything. This guy knows his stuff. He was on it, Mm -hmm. on point. So that was amazing. So that was, we did that stuff for a, um, for all these individual stuff and where uh, the, the actor, Ed Harris They made a puppet of Ed Harris and we connected him and it was a beautiful, it was a marionette puppet Mm -hmm. and it was, um, oh my goodness. Who was that? Um, well, he's an old fave. Well, I'd have to look it up. Um, he's one of the great puppeteers. Of course, I don't know who it is. Nonetheless, (laughs) made this beautiful puppet and, um, we hooked it to our NTI and we did all these like swimming down this tunnel stuff. And, and they would say, okay, make them go up and make them go down and bank to the left. Now everybody bank to the right. You know, kind of, it was kind of funny. And then when they comp that together with this tubular stuff, it was freaking beautiful. It was really nice. How was it working with James Cameron in general? I like positive overall. Oh, everything. Yeah. Everything was really good with him. There was uh, one interesting Ah, oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's too interesting for this podcast? Well, I don't know. Never, <laughs> oh, okay. It's all good. Sounds a little spicy. Yeah, it could be. No, it's great. He, no, he's really good. I liked working with him. He knew his shots. He edited. He knew what was going on. Um. Yeah, he's awesome.
0: Let's go back more towards the beginning here. So you said you did the last life, life cast for Vincent Price? I'm pretty
1: sure we did the last live cast on Vincent Price. That was uh, (laughs) Bill Forsh and myself were working with Steve Johnson and Todd Masters on, um, boy, what was that? Hold on a second. It was, I have to find it here.
0: Innocent. So, no. by the way, uh, what he's going through here is he has done the most preparation out of any interviewee that I've ever uh, interviewed before. Uh, I had my own preparation, and then he sent me this email, three pages of stuff to go over, and it uh, really took a load off of me. <laughs> ah, now I remember what it was.
1: It was a movie with Treat Williams and um, Joe Piscopo called Dead Heat. Okay, And Vincent Price was the you know Nemesis guy and they had him in there and it was so great he had to come in for cuz there was a I don't know if it's a death of him a death mass something happened to him and so we did a live cast of him and there he is here's in Vincent Price 70 some years old back in the 80s mm. coming into a shop and we, we were two things we were afraid of doing the live cast on him, that we're going to kill him and then the other thing we were afraid of is,
0: <laughs> what if we killed, I mean, don't, we were, don't kill Vincent Price. We
1: can't kill Vincent Price. Yeah, yeah, we were afraid maybe we'd kill this guy, you know. He's, yeah. he's, he's frail. He was very old. And his skin was so soft and mm. so, you know, had some age to it mm-hmm. that we wanted to get a really good live cast of him without everything just really draping down. So we had to do a real thin, oh. nice live cast. It came out great. Matter of fact, if you see an old Vincent Price, it's probably the one we did. Oh. They're going around. There's a copy around. They it.
0: kept the mold? Oh yeah. yeah, absolutely.
1: So yeah, you hang on to that one. So, absolutely. Someone someone put out a few casts. Oh, here's a story. <laughs> uh, speaking of, let's talk live casting sure. stories. Okay, yeah, let's, 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 go, here, go, let's live, do it. Live, live casting starts out. Okay, let's go back all the way. Before I even, I was still a hairstylist and I had a friend, Patrick Trowbridge. And Patrick Trowbridge actually is one of the inspirations for me doing what I do. He wanted to be a makeup artist. He okay. wanted to be special effects makeup artist. He'd come over, showed me this book, And um, it was one of those old stage makeups. And he goes, I want to do a live cast of me. And I go, okay. (laughs) And he goes, we have to use mélange, as stuff. And he goes, well, here it is. We take plaster and we put it on my face. And I said, this says mélange. You know, it says you heat the mélange in water and then you apply it. And then you put plaster over that. And he goes, no, no, no. We're just going to put plaster on my face. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And you know how it's going to end up. The plaster stuck to his eyebrows and to his mustache. Uh, and we had to reach in around the side and uh, cut carefully his mustache and eyebrows off. And then there's a picture somewhere in our house of me standing with Patrick and this broken in half li- life cast plaster <laughs> of him. And blood was in there. It was uh, horrible. He, but. <laughs> that's gross, man. But everybody's done a great life cast. But um, <laughs> the life casting story. Oh, no. Now what What happened? What I do? I got off track, but that was a good start. Let's look at that. <laughs> Back <laughs> oh, to the list. Yeah. Let me take you that. Oh.
0: you said Okay, so in this same section here, you got uh, I Stephen a, King's live cast.
1: Yeah, that was a great one. I'll tell you that one. Let's just, um, oh, best live casting story. I just lost it. That was so bad of me. Okay, Stephen King. <laughs> there was a TV show, uh, The Shining. Uh-huh. You talked about it with Joe uh, Colman. Mm-hmm. And we did a lot of effects for that. And so Stephen King's in there. He's a band orchestrator, had to do the makeup. Joe was putting the pipes up his pants. He told mm, you about that in the last episode. Yeah. So they need a live cast of him. So they flew me to Bangor, Maine.
2: Mm.
1: One person, Bangor, Maine, with a black trunk full of all the supplies. Stephen King wouldn't come out here? No, he doesn't fly.
0: Not at all? No, no, no. no He'll no. take a train.
1: I guess three uh, days on six days. I did not know days. that. No, he will not fly. Wow. And he wouldn't. And so, yeah, he travels in his, his uh, he had a Jeep at the time. <laughs> And so they flew me to Bangor, Maine, to do a live cast on Stephen King in his house. Mm -hmm. Now, everybody says blood red house. You know, he's got this blood red house in Bangor. He does. Mm -hmm. It's two story, beautiful, big fence all the way around it, like the Adams Family. And he takes me in the house and it was amazing. Okay. First of all, I'm not a reader. I'm Mm -hmm. not a Stephen King fan. Mm -hmm. And I think he appreciated that because I wasn't totally squidding out going you know slipping in my own ink yeah yeah and um uh so we're at his ha- house there's his kitchen it's got dishes in the sink he says hey this is the manuscript and what was it for I think it was for the stand oh shit and it was about that thick about mm-hmm. well I'm saying about six inches thick because mm-hmm. no one knows what that thick is on the yeah <laughs> yeah yeah on yeah. the radio yeah I was like six inches thick they were going to edit it and look at it and go through it. And I go, oh, that's great, whatever. Okay, this is my pool. And it had an indoor pool. We set up the live cast there. And and he goes away for a while. He comes back, it's all set up. And he goes, wow, that's amazing. Look how you... So we were sitting there cracking jokes and just talking about anything. And I did a live cast of him right there in his house. It was very neat. And I think his favorite room in the house, it was very interesting, was this room that was like Filled with pillows. Oh. It was only about, it's like this, it was about 12 by 12. Mm-hmm. Filled with pillows. Had a big TV in the corner and lots of videotapes. And I think he and his wife would just crash out there and just watch movies all the time. Wow. He goes, ah, and then he pointed out to me. He goes, this is where we watch movies, my wife and I. It was <laughs> very cool. Wow. And then, now here's the funny thing. I go to Maine. I'm thinking, oh, man. This is Maine. I love lobster. Uh I want to eat something delicious. Mm -hmm. Now, here's where I made my mistake. (laughs) (laughs) I go to Steven and go, hey, Steven, what's your favorite restaurant in town? Hmm. He goes, and he gave me the name of the place. I forget what it was. It was just not too far from your hotel. So I walked to this place, and it was the world's largest buffet. Oh, shit. With more fried food than I'd ever seen. And there were people, and it was cheap as dirt. Mm. And there were people with mountains of food, like they were <laughs> storing up for the winter, I swear, <laughs> eating there, and I and I think his favorite part probably, I'm just gonna guess, it had the world's largest ice cream sundae bar I'd ever seen. Oh, So I'm figuring,
0: is he a one? known Sweet Tooth?
1: I don't know. I don't know. Okay. But I'm just guessing that was really a feature on this place, you know. They mm-hmm. had all the sprinkles and everything and the, all the pumps so you could pump all the flavors, hot, cold, whatever. Strawberries, cherries. No one cared. You paid your five dollars. Was it actually
0: good though, or was it just kind of regular buffet food? It was okay. It was, it was, was not good great.
1: Food. It was you know, it was you got a lot, a lot for your buck.
0: You had to go because Stephen King told you to go there. I
1: know. But well, I thought I was going to get a steak and a lobster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It
0: was just a buffet. No, it was a buffet. That's just
1: a, I, he his favorite place.
0: So yeah. whenever he does like an interview in New York or something, because I see him on the Colbert Show and stuff like that. Yeah. He, I guess he's taking a train down there. huh? I guess he would have to take the train. Yeah. Like two days or something. <laughs> maybe that's a one full far. day, one full day yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Or
1: maybe you know what that kind of thing. You don't think they'd have a driver for him? Probably. How, far would it, how long Probably. would it take to get that far? Eight hours? Six hours?
0: Maybe. Yeah, maybe it is just like one kind of like long luxury day. SUV or something. Absolutely. Something like that. So who's who's Tom and Sandy? Why is this on your list? Oh,
1: that's Tom and Sandy Berman. I just wanted to make sure okay. I knew everybody who was at the shop when I was when I worked there
0: for the first time. You have like a full list of people's uh, exactly people here. Uh, you have some FBI stories? Oh, yeah, Tom. What's going on with the FBI? Okay, so that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> when I would
1: work with Tom, <laughs>
0: this is already it sounding was, good.
1: I loved working with Tom. He also told me this story about uh, how John Chambers and he would be called, or John would be called by the FBI or the CIA or whoever, and said, we got to get this guy or lady out of this building, and no one can can detect it. Oh, they have to. We have to disguise them, and you're a professional makeup artist. So, so disguise them, and so they would go in with a suitcase, check into the hotel.
0: They don't know anything about what's going on with this. These people that need to be disguised. They know they're working
1: for the CIA. They don't know who this person may or may not be. They didn't even tell me. He, you know, maybe he was sworn to secrecy to this day. Holy shit, man. He would never tell me who the person was that they were moving. Maybe they didn't know. Who knows? They would go to a room next to it, and he said they have a connecting door. Then they'd go into that room in case everything's being watched. Who knows? And they'd make them up. They'd bring in fat suits and padding and wigs and beards and whatever they had clothing that would go with it and they would totally change the person and walk them right out the front door. And Holy so I, I, you know, a lot of stories I hear from, I hear from Tom and they were great stories. Uh, and and I'm a new guy. I'm thinking, well, it could be true, could not be true. I don't know. Then I watched the movie Argo.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And that was about the, getting some people out of uh, Iran. Right. And in that movie, Tom Goodman, played john goodman john goodman excuse me <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah played john chambers and i go holy shit the stories are true i can't believe it because they brought john chambers in to make these people up to get them out which i thought that, was pretty amazing that's great so <laughs> it was all true and tom, tom was great i love that guy
0: are we going to have people knocking on my door for releasing this episode? No, because is this declassified.
1: Yeah, no. no, yeah, maybe we'll find out. I'm always concerned about that. <laughs> okay. Well, they're doing the same thing right now in Boston. There's a mob boss in Boston, mm-hmm. and what they're doing is they're disguising the witnesses so they don't get popped, you know. And they said they even said in the, which I can't believe that's a real covert thing to do. <laughs> they said on the internet, oh yeah, they brought some Hollywood makeup artists in to. To disguise these people so they can be on the stand and right. testify, but no one know who they are. Right, right, right. So, yeah, I guess they do it all the time, and that's what we're part of. makes <laughs> that's
0: amazing. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay, I got one for you. <laughs> yeah, Which take one? it away. <laughs> okay. Um. Uh. So I'm just going on the list, man. So you. So we went. We're we're done with mermaids and FBI. Okay. What about um, Goonies. Goonies, very cool. I got an opportunity
1: because of fa- foam fabricating and I was a good foam fabricator. I worked with this costumer guy, uh, Dick Lamott. And he gave me a bunch of opportunities to work on you know, a bunch of small films. And then he got to be the costumer on Goonies, the Goonies. And he called me in. And uh, I, I go, sure, what are you going to do? So we did all the costumes and all the bones and all the skeletons for One-Eyed Willie, Chester Copperpot, all the skeletons that you saw in there. Mm-hmm. And we aged them all. Or I aged them all with a couple of people. Star Higgins, who is a scenic. She was one of the people helping me. Uh, and we, we aged all these bones. And it was really, it was pretty cool. And we did uh, One-Eyed Willie's eye, filled mm-hmm. that in with some Bondo, and then smoothed it out. And then there are three sutures on the skull that intersect, if you look at them on a, on a real skull, you can see three sutures, one in the skull, one across the bridge of the nose, and one in the zygomatic on the, on the cheek. And if you make them, they all intersect right where your eye goes. So mm-hmm. I made a little sutures, you'll see it just for a second, freeze frame that on video, if you will. <laughs> and um, so I made all the skeletons and they liked it a lot. Dick Donner liked the paint job so much that he asked me to go and paint the bone organ. Now, here's the funny thing. This is really interesting because all those bones on that bone organ, except for the whale bones, and I think there's some tusks, all the bones are real human bones. Oh, shit. All the bones for the skeletons in the the on the pirate ship and Chester Copperpot were real bones. Very shortly after that, and they were all female, and they all came from India. And the story is we don't ever get those anymore. You can't bring them in. They're outlawed mm-hmm. because people were offing women in India for their bones and selling them to these What what – what is it called? Were you – Like human trafficking? Or no, that's – Yeah, they're well, already dead. They're so. dead. They're killing them for yeah. their bones and it's then selling market. them. Black. And stripping them and then putting them
0: in as a skeleton frame and wiring them up and then selling them to uh, – Carolina so Biological. That, that might, might, might might have happened with the people in, in the Goonies. Some of the the skeletons those, there. The,
1: yeah. The, oh, I I have a feeling.
0: Yeah. <sighs> Holy we shit, had, man! Our department had
1: twenty five skeletons. I don't know how many skeletons it took to do that. Those the bone organs.
0: This was common practice at this time. This was not just the Goonies i take it? No, no. This was you call Carolina Biological and you buy a box for one hundred twenty five dollars.
1: Mm-hmm. Human life, one hundred twenty five bucks. Uh, you get God. a
0: box of skeletons, <laughs>
1: right? And and then we take them and we you know age them down, rub them out. Hey, so there a, why own?
0: make them when you can just buy real ones?
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, now you can't get them anymore. Yeah, now they're yeah. all plastic copies. Yeah, of yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Yeah, because they were all female. It's pretty interesting. But the <coughs> interesting, really, the part I remember about that was it was a union show, and I'm a i am was in the sculptors union, sculptor. Uh, plasters and cement masons 70, 755.
0: is that still around? Oh yeah, seven fifty five. Okay. Oh yeah.
1: Okay. And um, forgive my ignorance. No, it's okay. <laughs> and um, because they were so tight, the unions were like, "Hey man, that's our department." Right. They snuck me in at night to paint the bone organ. Oh shit! So I'd go in there with some work lights, and they and they go, they'd come back and see that it was partly painted, mm-hmm. and I mean, I think it took like a week mm-hmm. for me to go up there and do all this. And um, they, they would see it partly painted and say, who's doing this? Guy, oh, this guy's, you know, moonlighting, he's working on another show. They made up some lie for me. And then I'd come in and paint every night, and then that was it. But the coolest thing is I got to show it to Dick Donner. You know, I had, had to be there and say, well, what do you think? Right. They were filming the um, wishing well scene. Because the wishing well set, the log set, and the bone organ set were all attached. So literally they could pan, almost pan up to the hole that went to the bone organ Mm -hmm. to get all those stuff and change some angles here. But it made it really convenient for them to film. So I'm there watching um, uh, Corey Feldman and uh, it was Sean Astin who said Mm -hmm. the lines. Down here, this is our time. Our time down here. Up there is their time. Up there. Up there. So and it was just fun to see that, and this is, and then also see. I got to see Corey Feldman and go. This is my dream, and I'm taking it back. Mm-hmm. You know, those, those are. I'm getting goosebumps just saying that because I was just standing off set, off set, waiting for lunch, to go over. At lunch, we show him the other bone organ, but I got to see all that being shot.
0: You knew this was going to be a hit when you were doing it.
1: Absolutely not. Had really? No, had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I never know. Matter of fact, I'm probably the worst at guessing what's a good movie. I was
0: going to ask you that next because mm. Joe Caldwell told me that he sort of has the, he says after doing it for so many years, he has like the sixth sense about it while working on things. But you don't have that. I have nothing like that. I'm second I can tell you
1: from a trailer. Yeah, I have no... Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Hey, the whole movie was in the trailer. (laughs) Yeah, basically. (laughs) I can tell you from line one. But I watched Goonies again just yesterday. Oh, nice. And that whole sequence, the way that... Why that works is how it was edited. Chris Columbus wrote that movie. Mm -hmm. And uh, the way that whole thing was edited was just like boom, boom, boom. It just started rolling up to the pirate ship after they got into the, the restaurant and are just so many cool things that it's a kids adventure you know right it's a freaking treasure hunt right it's great i didn't know that and you know, i hadn't read the script i just saw bits and pieces
0: the script could be floating around back then right before the internet uh, I, mean, oh, I remember i heard stories it, about that it could be yeah like to the makeup department everything but now super secrecy on everything
1: yeah you yeah the way oh my gosh this last project we worked at uh, fractured on i didn't get a script uh Nobody the, did except it, for the bosses, man. The bosses. When it <laughs> came to the bosses, it came so encrypted that you actually had to hold a cursor on your mouse on the screen for it to illuminate it. Yeah. Yeah. And then oh, wow. if you stopped holding the cursor, it would go black again. Yeah. And of yeah. course, everything had your na- has your name yeah. water stamped across every page. So that's oh, yeah. how they are now. Oh yeah. yeah wow. Yeah. Absolutely. Can you give me a copy
0: of one yeah. of those? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. With my name on it. Yeah. Not with yeah. that. Fascinating to see. <laughs> yeah, I that got two. fascinating, Eric. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. Uh, That's wow. hilarious. So there's um, dead Indian women all over the Goonies.
1: Oh, oh, I got to tell you this. Yeah, <laughs> I got to tell you this.
0: You heard it here thing. first,
1: folks. So in the old days, back in the old days, <laughs> in the old days, I haven't seen one lately ever because their films are, they used to have screenings mm-hmm. for a cast and crew. Yeah. Not, a, not an opening, not one of those. Not a red carpet. Not a red carpet, a screening. So Goonies had a screening, and here, this I saved, I save everything. Oh nice. And man. Leslie tucks it away. And uh, this is the actual ticket that they sent with you, or sent to you for mm-hmm. the invitation for the screening. And it was the Sam Goldman Theater on Wilshire Boulevard but this is the best thing. So I'm working on, I got to see that that pirate ship. That is the most amazing thing I ever saw. It was three quarters of a pirate ship. Hmm. That whole front side was real. There was no painting in, there was no matte painting. <laughs> oh, that wow. whole thing was real. The treasure room, that was all real. The coins in that treasure room back then in 82, 83, Oh, excuse me. Here it is, 85. Oh, wow. Okay. Back in 85, 84, all that treasure was real plated gold, custom-made stamp metal, metal coins. Nice, oh. nice. And everybody who worked on the film, in the envelope,
0: got some of that treasure. He is now cool. and, and, and holding and... some Goonies coins. No! Shaking oh, them. Oh, man. Those <laughs> are
1: the Goonie coins. You
0: are hearing them here. Here they are. Wow. <laughs> and so
1: everybody on the crew got... Coins from the treasury. That's room. awesome, dude. Which Kudos is like
0: to Spielberg and company for doing that. That sounds awesome. Oh yeah, totally. Get Ambulance. some photos, Andrew. Oh, I will. Oh, so if you'll let me awesome. Oh, of course. <laughs> Thank Absolutely. You. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And
1: uh I got a press kit here from the Goonies. I didn't know. Oh, and press like, kit? I was just saving it. So I got the the entire I'm showing that. This looks amazing. So this is it's... like a
0: big like manila envelope. Thick says, full of
1: says Warner Brothers in the upper left corner in the lower left corner says the Goonies in their logo. And there's the all the cast oh on a photo. God. That's one of the pictures. And it's just loaded with all these pictures from from the movie. This is the press kit, and you could get them
0: even if you worked on it. Um and and you know, there it is. It's it's, it's incredible. It's a Isn't bunch it? of black and white photos. These are behind the scenes shots.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so these are all the press kits. Cool. You can put them on the on the website. That's awesome, and man. it's just unbelievably cool. So we could get those; they'd hand them out like they were now. You, you I don't think you can get that stuff. Nothing. As a you won't get anything. No. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you get sued for stealing a picture on your phone. Why would they
0: stop <laughs> casting crew just because of privacy and stuff? I think
1: expense. Oh, really? I, I mean, okay. Here's the funny thing, people. Yeah, that was a big theater. Mm-hmm. And they had to rent that out and the whole cast and crew would down, then they'd have a party afterwards. Right. You know, food and everybody cheers and and the cast would actually show up who was available. Right. Which right. was very cool. So, my wife and I went to this, Leslie, and we're walking out after the cast and crew and we're holding hands and we're it's kind of a foggy LA night on Wilshire and some guy is walking towards us and Leslie squeezes my hand so tight I go, "What?"
2: She goes, <laughs> That's
1: Clint Eastwood. I go, you're <laughs> kidding. She goes, no, that's Clint Eastwood. And I turn around, and sure shit, you could tell by the silhouette. There's a street light in the back. Yeah, you could tell by the silhouette. He walks to the curb. A car pulls up, black car. Door opens. He gets in. Off he goes. It was freaking Clint Eastwood watching the Goonies. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking sweet. And wow, me, I'm just totally starstruck. Star struck about anybody. But she said that and I just I didn't really see him. She goes, That's Clint Eastwood. So really that was really jumped. cool. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs>
0: How'd you get into all this anyway? I mean, always uh, not not the hairdresser stuff, but like the the movies you watched growing up. But you're like, uh, the, I I love this movie, so I want to go into this business. Like, what what was the trigger here? I'll tell you when it started. It's When I could,
1: well, oh God, it probably started real early, but Star Trek on TV mm. and the Wild Wild West. I love that. And when I was a little little kid, about four years old, in the back of a car watching at the drive-in theater, I saw. James Bond. I saw Goldfinger. Okay. I wanted to be, that, to me, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. And the table and the moved and the gas and the airplanes. And uh-huh. I love that. I just like that fantasy of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted an attache case just like the one into Russia with love. You know? Right. With the coins cool. and the camera and the gun and the gas bomb. And I wanted all that. And I got those toys at the store. So that started it. Then when I was 16 and could drive and go to the movies I would go to these weird avant-garde back in the now this is the 70s and there were some great weird movies back then. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> first one that I liked that was just so weird and I can't believe who who did it but it was THX 1138. And Lucas that was a Lucas mm. project that was his his student film. Right. And I just thought that was so bizarre And you could see titties. (laughs) (laughs) So so they had some of that. Uh, (laughs) But I love that movie. And then this next. (laughs) Titties aside. Mm -hmm. The next favorite movie I loved back then was. um, Oh, my God. A Boy and His Dog. And that movie had. Oh, God. What was his name? He was from Miami Vice, the TV show. Don Johnson mm-hmm. starred in that. And that was an apocalyptic movie. And and I loved it. I just loved the whole thing of it. The, just how movies work. I didn't know that I wanted to be in makeup yet mm-hmm. or creatures or any of that. I had no idea. I just wanted to be part of that. Mm-hmm. you know. Then I think what did it was two movies, and the, they were obvious. The first one was... Um, Star Wars, mm-hmm. the Cantina scene, uh-huh. all that fantasy stuff, and the the second one uh, was American Werewolf in London. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I just thought that actually scared the crap out of me. I wasn't into yeah. the Jason ones. I uh-huh. wasn't into the the the, the slasher movies because they really scared the crud out of me. I didn't I mean I, I didn't like that. But, <laughs> you know? And even to this day, you know, a boo shot just makes me like
0: <laughs> jump scare. <laughs> yeah,
1: jump scare. It just scares the hell out of me. So but those are the movies that started it. Right. And that's what I started copying when I started working or actually going to Tom's studio mm. to learn how to do this stuff. And and you know, some people, I had a friend say, I want to do what you do. And I don't know what he was thinking. He, I go, really? You want to do what I do? And I go, okay, come on down to the studio. I asked Tom. I said, can my friend come over for lunch or be buy lunch? And he wants, before lunch, he didn't want to do it anymore. Because oh, he really? didn't realize we're actually working. <laughs> it's not all on set action cameras hanging around with stars eating off the yeah, craft service. Yeah. No, we're making stuff. Right. And we're inventing things and we're creating stuff that's the fu- and he didn't get that. people don't right. get it and now today people want to do this and there are a lot of ways to do it but I still believe if you really want to do it and you got that gumption go be an intern somewhere right say I'll do anything I'll sweep I'll sweep your I, I told Tom I'll do anything I'll sweep your mm-hmm. floors I'll clean I clean buckets right you know and then maybe he'd let me do something okay he let me do something right and if it didn't do it he said oh can you do this go s- clean some more buckets you know right. until you could do it
0: And it was great, and that's how you do it. Rob Freitas and Joe Caldwell have similar similar stories. Something about one of the one of the two guys, maybe both of them, they were just sleeping out in their car outside of the studio for a while when they first got started, or something like that. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. If you're listening to this, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) all right. Uh, You you got Willie's Eye Bond story. Uh, Oh, okay, that's the,
1: the the Bondo story, but that. (laughs) <laughs> the guy who was working for Dick Lamott on on the Goonies. was a was a customer, great customer, loved military stuff. Um, so he wanted to do the eye on One Eyed Willie, and so I had a Correct. little a little cork can of bondo, and the and the catalyst. And he goes, oh, I want to do the do the eye on the whatever. And I go, okay. He, go, he goes, how do I work this stuff, bondo? <laughs> no. And I go, well, you take this and you mix these two together you mix this paste and you mix this tube of was of this like catalyst. right in front of the actor like <laughs> No 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 this is in the studio this is in his okay, shop in okay. his costume shop. Okay okay. And so we're doing this and I go and you stir it up with a tongue depressor and then um and then you put it in in the eye socket and you kind of shape it a little bit maybe with a little acetone on it, some gloves mm-hmm. with your finger and just kind of rub it till you're happy get what you want. <laughs> and so uh <laughs> about 15 20 minutes later he goes uh Eric I go yeah and he goes there's something wrong. He goes. I did what you said. I, I took this stuff and I put it in the can and I stirred the can up. Yeah. And now it's all hard. And I and he and I hadn't didn't even get time to put it in the in the in the eye. And he had set off the entire can. I, I failed to mention you put a little bit on a piece of paper. Right. You put a little bit of this on there and you stir them together, and then you use a little at a time. Uh. He did the whole can, so that was absolutely hilarious.
0: <laughs> so the next the next one you have on this list is oh. is, is I would call a heavy hitter. Yeah. Uh, let's let's talk about Predator. Right. Now this
1: <laughs> this is amazing. I'm going <laughs> to if you go to IMDb and look up IMDb and look at the actors or the a- extra cast or the uncredited people, you're going to find Jean-Claude Van Damme on there. Right. Now, there's a rumor out there that Jean Claude Van Damme was the predator in the original movie, mm-hmm. in the movie,
0: yeah, he was. Yeah, I I've, I figured you know that was story? true. Yeah, I've yeah. heard, I've I've seen the suit, I've seen the one shot of it. Did you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it looks totally different.
1: Suit. Oh yeah, it's totally completely different, and it's that way. It's a weird suit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was supposed to. Be, it looked to me when I looked at this picture of the suit that was come from the the art department. To me, it was like a giant rat skull on top <laughs> yeah. of uh, a praying mantis yeah. arms on stilts, on, on backward dog legs. Okay. And right. kind of bug like with a big, and they called it a carapace, this big, like, crab like shell right. that went around it. And so that was the design. And at Boss Films, where we did this, this first part, um, we built this suit, and and Steve, to his credit, obviously, Steve's got a great eye, Steve Johnson. He didn't like it. Nobody mm-hmm. really cared for this picture, so he started having um, Brennan's, uh, what's his name? Um, I'll come back, but it had <laughs> one of our, our artists go in and start doing designs based on the script. Mm-hmm. and we'd show them things, and they didn't like it. We'd show them other things, they didn't like it. And then they really came down to uh, John McTiernan going, this is what we designed. This is what you built. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're building it. Did a life cast of Jean-Claude Van Damme, who's not a real tall guy anyways, mm-hmm. and this thing's supposed to be tall. Um, and, and put the whole thing together, and took it to Mexico. Now, a lot of things... From that show, from Boss Film, are in the movie, right? Okay, the 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 three skin bodies, those were done Boss Films. The Shane body, the one of Shane Black, who wrote the movie, uh, who played the guy with the glasses, uh, mm. the radio guy, that was from Boss Films. Um, there was a slit throat from Boss Films, and the and the uh, the machine gun arm that comes off from. Um, Who's that guy?
0: It's been a while. I, I can't remember. You guys remember?
1: Machine mm-hmm. gun arm. Who's the black actor who played? uh, oh, uh Bill Carl Weathers. Carl Fa- Weathers.
0: Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers. Weathers. It was
1: Carl Weathers' arm came off, and that all happened in Boston. Yeah. That all did. Then we had this red suit because it's in a jungle. Can't use a blue suit. Can't use a green suit because the sky in the in the jungle. So oh, we had right. a red suit. Right. And we put Jean Claude Van Damme in this suit. Now here's Jean-Claude Van Damme. Now here's the first funny part about it. When we were fitting it on him, we put the helmet on him, and he was complaining about how it didn't fit. Mm -hmm. And I realized, I took the helmet off, and I realized if you look at Jean-Claude Van Damme, over his right eye, there's a bump. And we learned from him Mm -hmm. that he got in a kickboxing fight really bad, Got kicked in the head and went blind for three days. Are you serious? Wow. And this bump
0: never went away. That was a yeah, stint Whenever he was it. doing actual kickboxing in the right. ring or something in the ring. Yeah, was I've rude. always wondered, wondered what, what that for bump was. Days. Yeah,
1: it's still there. That's what
0: that bump is. I'm now sure. here's oh, the God. thing: when
1: they did the live cast on this guy, <laughs> they look at this and they go, "Holy shit! There's a bump in the live cast." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not realizing that he had the bump, so they shaved it. I'm sure. Yeah. Now he's got the bump in the live cast. The that skull cap doesn't have the bump. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> so oh, that's wow. why it didn't fit. So we literally had to cut a hole out of the skull cap <laughs> so the bump would fit in there. Yeah. That's yeah. when we uh. learned the whole story about the bump. Oh wow. And so that was pretty interesting. But um we're in the Sorry. middle Sorry. of the jungle with this suit on. Yeah. And it's got these it's all made out of L two hundred foam. It's all made out of foam and it's covered in fabric and it's all red. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. real weird. Yeah. And he's in it and he's getting pissed. Yeah. And he says, I thought I was going to be like a gazelle running through the forest and doing this, uh, you know, all this nice kicking and fighting. And here you oh have God. me in this ridiculous red suit. <coughs> and he was pissed. He didn't yes. know what the deal was. Wow. No one told him from production. So it's like, oh, my God. So here he is. we just break that story? I think I did. I was there. I was going to be a gazelle gazelle running through the forest, (laughs) he said. So you'll find him in there, and it's called a body double. And there's one shot in there where he actually is in the red suit. Mm -hmm. It's the body where they're pulling chains through the bushes, and the bushes kind of open up, Mm -hmm. and he walks through. Well, he's pulling the body in the red suit. So how much?
0: How many? Was it just one day of shooting? He's in this thing? Did you shoot it all? Or. Oh, we shot... There's any footage at all of him in the suit? Because I know that there's the photo, but... I, no, no. No, footage. No,
1: absolutely not. They never shot with him in the suit. Oh, okay. Ever, ever. But only they flew the him down suit. to
0: Mexico to shoot.
1: Yes. Okay. And only for one day did they film him in the red suit, and then he got mad. Okay. And then Joel Silver mm-hmm. and the stunt man and the stunt coordinator came up to me, and John claudes behind Joel Silver, and, and Joel goes... Can you make this suit fit this stuntman over the weekend? And I'm not going to say no. What I'm going to say, no, Joe, we can't do it. Yes, of course. Yes, yes I of can. course we can. And so we did. And so, boop, see you later. Jean Claude's out. And that was the same Ant Mantis suit. Same Ant Mantis suit mm-hmm. for that time. Okay. And we shot for a while. Now, I don't know exactly what happened to the production, but they didn't have a suit. They really yeah. didn't like it. Yeah. They didn't like the one that was there. There was some words spoken between McTernan and Steve Johnson about it. And uh, Steve brought down this stuff. There was in, originally in the in the movie, there was this um, trophy room. And I don't know if it's in the second movie because I didn't see it. But I saw the first one. And <laughs> yeah. there was a trophy room. And in the trophy room had all these cool-looking aliens. Yeah, And Steve and his crew in LA made all this iridescent, translucent, you know his stuff. Mm-hmm. Iridescent, cool looking skulls and heads like you would see in an African trophy room, except everything's an alien.
0: Right, right, right.
1: And so it was really cool. I mean, he and McTiernan goes, well, why can't our alien look like this? Oh. And and Steve says, well we designed this. Mm. You designed that. Right. And there was two minutes a very uncomfortable silence <laughs> in that whole room. And then McTiernan left mm. and it was just, I mean, it was true mm. and it wasn't snotty, but it was, he, Steve saw it in the very beginning that suit they didn't, they made or they designed was really kind of not practical mm. for what they're trying to do in the middle of a jungle. So they finished everything they could finish in the movie with what they had. They went back, hired Stan. Then we had, uh, Steve Wang, Matt Rose, the whole Stan crew do an amazing
0: bitchin' suit.
1: Absolutely fantastic. And and it's iconic. And there
0: you have it. Did you do the animatronics on the mouth or
1: not? A, I wasn't even into animatronics back then. Okay. Yeah, I didn't even start.
0: Okay. It's very interesting. How did the mouth move exactly as far as the was it was it? Pra- That's a stand thing. I wasn't working at Stan's. Okay. See, All I right. worked at the Boss Films angle. Okay. Stan and Matt and all those guys worked on an other angle. They went back down to Palenque and Mm. then finished the movie. So about half of it was shot and they finally had the monster? Yeah. Basically? Exactly. So Predator was on some list on Metacritic or Rotten Tomatoes or something. Movies that the critics got wrong. When that movie was released apparently it was panned left and right and then it becomes this huge cult classic and like out of all the movies at fractured that are played because you know they have the little mini dvd players going all the time right the, the sculptors sculpting predators like the number one <laughs> it's being a great played. movie it's it's a great movie but it seems like at the time I mean, what was the reception at the time though as far as you remember it was it was another monster movie but it wasn't like a super like uh, huge thing at first
1: well, the only thing that made it huge to us, was Arnold was in it? Okay, okay, it had Arnold in it, and a bunch of other great actors, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, and it was a monster movie, and right. it was really cool. And so, oh, it could be good, but you know how that goes, right? You don't. I again, I'm not the guy. <laughs> you, you don't know? know. Yeah, you don't. Know. I don't know, and I don't even know if I like the movie for like two years after I work on one. I honestly don't. Because I'm always thinking, oh, yeah, there I was, behind the couch. Yeah, that's my hand. Oh, man, I got yelled at that day. I remember.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. So I have a story that is so awesome (laughs) from The Predator that I have to tell just because uh, it was really good. It was the Steve Johnson versus the monkey story. (laughs) And we're down in Mexico. We're filming in Puerto Vallarta. And um, we're in a jungle. And here's the funny thing. It was kind of dry down there, really dry. And this jungle we were filming in had to have greensmen come in and literally load the jungle with green because it just wasn't enough. It didn't look like a jungle at all. But it did when they got done. It was awesome. Mm. And so we're down there, and there's this giant fallen log, and there's a spider monkey sitting on the log. And it has a chain on its neck, and there's a spike in the log with the other end of the chain on, and this chain's like eh, eight feet long. And at the other end of the log, not close to the monkey, appeared to be a trainer, uh, animal handler, because mm-hmm. they have w- wild animals on this show. So I'm walking down, and here's Steve, and he goes, hey, look, there's a monkey. Look at that cute little feller. Look at him. <laughs> I want to go touch him. Mm-hmm. And I look over to the guy at the end of the log, and he gestures to me, his hands make kind of a scrunching finger thing, and his teeth are snarled. Mm. And he's going, honk, honk, honk. And I go, hey, Steve, uh, it looks like that guy's doing the universal uh, symbol for the monkey bites. Mm. And Steve goes, ah, he's so cute. What are you kidding me? Now, the, mo- <laughs> now the monkey <laughs> the monkey has a hold of the chain in such a way there's – now, I didn't realize this till later, and nobody did. They had a hold of the chain in such a way that there was a loop of chain that went from his neck down about a foot and a half, two feet, and then up to his hand, and he was holding it tight. So it looked like he wasn't be able to touch you, and and Steve's reaching over, and the monkey's reaching over, and Mm. even the big eyes... And then the monkey lets go of the chain, grabs Steve by the pant leg, and pulls Steve (laughs) off of his feet. Holy shit. Onto the ground. And is getting ready to bite the monkey. Or the monkey's getting ready to bite Steve in the leg. Mm -hmm. And, of course, I'm going, oh, my God, what do I do? I'm standing right there. I grab a a, – I had a bandana in my back pocket, and I swat at the monkey. The monkey looks at me and goes – (laughs) And then bite Steve in the leg. And I (laughs) laughed so fucking hard. I fell down and rolled down this hill. And I just couldn't believe it. Steve has this problem. He pulled away from the monkey. Unscathed, luckily, no broken skin. But it was just insane. Mm. Now, the funniest thing was we had more equipment coming down. They heard the story up in L.A. about this. Mm. And Randy Cook, who is an amazing illustrator, drew sketches... (laughs) of Steve and I and a monkey biting Steve, and it came down on top of the case when we opened it. It's like, here's this cartoon that was going around the <laughs> shop and posted. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's exactly what happened. They got the whole story. It was perfect. So that was Steve. Steve I've heard on other shows when he worked on, uh, I think, Greystoke had a, a monkey issue. So mm. Stephen monkeys kind of goes. They don't get along. Nah, this just, just seems that something happens every time with Stephen monkeys. I feel like <laughs> I've that... met Steve Johnson, but I haven't. Well, because everybody does an imitation of him,
0: and everybody everybody knows him. Everybody, yeah. Oh, yeah. for a long time and everything, but
1: oh yeah, everybody everybody knows Steve. All the antics that go on are probably true. They're fun. <laughs> They're really crazy stories. Everyone's got a great story. And Steve is writing his own great stories now in his own book. Oh, he's got a book coming out? He's got another one coming out, oh, Rubberhead wow. 2. So he has
0: two books, yeah. Nice. So that's great. I haven't I haven't gotten those. Yeah.
1: He went through his archives and shows stuff from behind the scenes, stuff we worked on. It's really cool.
0: So one awesome. time uh, you asked me when I was born, and you said, I said 1984, and you said, oh, I was working on the uh, Stave Puff Marshmallow Man <laughs> yeah. that year. Yeah. Nice. And I was like, damn. So... Uh, <laughs> What about Ghostbusters? How was how was it working on that? That was, again, didn't know. Bill. You, know, you thought it was going to be another bullshit
1: movie? Or? I didn't know. I, yeah. I didn't even know where I was working. I got to work at Boss Films. I had no idea where I was working. And then I realized, when just going around through the archives there, they did Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. I go, are you kidding me? They did all the little miniature sets for Blade Runner, all the vehicles, all that stuff there. Uh, and it was amazing. So I'm working at Boss Films, with all these old school guys, uh, Mark Stetson, who's now a visual effects guy, big time. Les Ecker, another visual effects guy, big time. Uh, Richard Edlin, he ran the joint, fantastic. This is back in the day, now this is crazy. So here I'm watching them do stuff and how they really did it. They would have motion control, Mm -hmm. they would have giant, like. We did 2010 there. It had a giant spaceship. The camera would come by it real slow, just crawl by it. You know, take all night to shoot one's one little shot. Oh, a really? A flyby. Yeah. Because you know the camera has to move. Yeah. Freeze. Right. Move. Free. They did it actually as a stop motion. Kind frame at a time. Yeah, yeah. Frame at a time. So it was really sharp and came through exposures right. Blue screen. Mm. In the old days where you didn't light the screen, they had these freaking blue lights <laughs> that were fluorescent tubes, like ten feet long that lit it up like uh, UV light, Mm. and if you looked into the screen, I'm sure it wasn't good for you, you would (laughs) see like little stars in your eyes. Now I I think it was weird, but that's how it was, and this is all old school stuff. So we're making Ghostbusters here, and Mm. doing all these cool effects, and that taught me so much about filmmaking. It just is
0: amazing to see how, how things were really done. So did you make the mold for the Stay puff Marshmallow Man or like how exactly a sculpture? Oh, no, no. Stay Puffed! I worked with Billy Bryant on that. Okay.
1: Okay. And Billy Bryant was in charge of all the foam fabrication. And this is back when I was the Mr. Foam Fabricator guy. And so he basically had a design, patterns. We had a model that we worked on and we made that out of of sheet foam. And the interesting part was how do you make this beautiful, smooth, six-foot, four foot around body, mm-hmm. without having any seams in it. Right. Because that's the deal, you can't have a seam. And we had to use Snow White, eighth inch, um, uh, Scott, uh, Scott Foam it was, it was like 100 PPI, which means 100 pores per inch, very fine. But Scott Foam's an amazingly durable foam. Mm. Uh, you, you can pull on it and it doesn't want to tear and it kind of stretches, it's beautiful stuff. And But if you put this white foam in the sunlight for a minute, it turns yellow, so that was bad. It mm. had to keep everything in black. Right. Um, and we would fabricate with uh, uh, underlayers, like, like we'd have L200, which is a very dense, hard kind of matte foam that you would have on a, a wrestling mat. That would be the substructure. It had seams in it. Then we'd have another layer of foam over that that we'd pull tight. It had seams in it. Mm-hmm. Then the last layer, which was this eighth-inch layer, it took like four or five people to stretch it over, put spray glue down, stretch it around. And every suit had to be made in such a way that the zipper and seams were on the opposite side of where the camera was looking. Mm. So we had a front one. If you looked at it from the back, we had a back one with the zipper in the front. If you looked at it from three-quarter, we had one on three-quarter the other side. Mm. And we had dozens of these suits, depending how you would film them. So And then Billy Bryant was stay-puffed. He was inside the suit for all the scenes except one where they lit it on fire, and they used a stuntman for that. Oh, okay. And um, when he comes up over the top and he's on fire and you look at him from down low and you see the building and he's standing there and he's waving his arms, he's on fire. There was a stuntman in there. Now, granted, this foam rubber, you light foam rubber on fire, what do you get? You get like cyanide gas. You get poison. (laughs) Yeah. Literally get Whoa. poisoned, and he's inside the suit. Now there's a stunt man in here. He's got a fire suit on. Uh, Tony, I can't remember Tony's last name, but he's a great fire stunt man. Mm-hmm. Uh, has like the record for the longest free armed skin no suit burn. These guys do this all the time. All the time, fire guys. He's in this suit. He he looks like he's you know getting in a dragster. He's got these Pyrex eyes. He can see out of these mm-hmm. glass eyes. He's in this suit, and he has a scuba. Uh, Regulator, uh, regulator mm. in his mouth, and a tank off to the side. Oh wow! And so, here <laughs> this we is nuts, man. Yeah. So, and every time, everybody roll, and we're doing all this, and we're doing this all at night. You know, out in the parking lot of uh, Boss Films, and <laughs> it, and cars drive by. They can see what's going. A guy standing up next to a building on fire. Wow, it's all lit up. But the, the and then they put him out, and he. This guy would stay in as long as he had to. He never went down on his knees or anything. He, that was the cue to. Something bad's happening. He never did that. They'd get their shot. They put him out. Now, this was the disgusting part. I'd run up, I'd lift the helmet off of his head. Yeah. And I'm not kidding. Orange, yellow, billowing, disgusting smoke came out of the suit. I mean, it was. Poison. Yeah. And you could tell this guy, you know, but he's breathing fine. He's doing good. Did did he is he still alive? Still oh, with yeah. us? I believe he is. Okay. I, I'm not sure. Uh, but he was after that. Okay. He never died on that shot. Okay, okay, gotcha. No, but he it was great. So that was really fun. That's fucking
0: nuts, man. Yeah. So somebody that was driving by was just dr- you know, nonchalantly driving past this taste, steak puff marshmallow man on fire scene. Absolutely. And they didn't know. This is in Burbank or where? No, this is in uh, Marina Del Rey oh, on okay. Glencoe Avenue. The building's
1: probably still there. Boss is no longer there. That's where the model shop was. Okay. And it was huge, huge model shop. And they had a stage next door and a parking lot. And uh, if you'll remember, they blew up the, the top of the building in, in Ghostbusters. The whole top blows out mm-hmm. in four directions. Uh, when Gozar gets all bent out of shape, and um, they did that, we were all there in the middle of the night. Matter of fact, Leslie was there, oh, and yeah. uh, we were sitting on sitting on top of the roof when they blew this thing up. With uh, they did it with naphthalene, which is basically mothballs, black powder, and and explosive, and it made those beautiful fireballs. Back it just then.
0: sounds. Uh poisonous as fuck yeah
1: (laughs) oh yeah you you know what mothballs smell like right they have that smell right yeah so after they blow it up the half the mothballs never went off yeah they never burned it gives up this beautiful
0: orange flame uh before i worked at fractured i was mainly in you know editing and post-production for the most part did a bunch of stuff so this this was like getting into this industry now it's like my first time working in a hazardous work environment. Oh, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, it's pretty serious shit sometimes. What we deal with can be very dangerous. Yeah. yeah that's why they have, uh,
1: even over, you know, everywhere, they have respirators available to oh, everybody, yeah. and yeah. they have goggles available, and you you, yeah. you regularly see people walking around in white suits, like hazmat yeah. suits, oh, the suits
0: yeah. that you have to. And it's like construction. You just hear power tools all the time. Like I, I didn't hear that at previous work. Well, let's talk about safety yeah. for a minute. No, yeah. seriously, yeah. there have
1: been some situations where I think things have been really unsafe. Yeah. Um, we were working on this movie called The Cave in Romania. Mm-hmm. Okay, in Romania, the very loose. Let's just say on the safety. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Pretty so, lax. So I'm shooting second unit in this stage. Now this stage, uh, which uh, This stage was basically. Now, Berendorf was the one that Hitler used for his propaganda films, but it was basically a Russian propaganda movie. Okay. House. This is where they did all this stuff. Um, so we're in Romania shooting this, and we're filming on this stage, and we're doing everything's in a cave. It's the cave, right? Mm-hmm. That's the name of the movie? Cave Monsters. Was this is pretty recent. Uh, it, no, this is like 2006, six seven, somewhere around there. I feel like I've seen this it's, movie. It's uh, Wings uh, ju- uh Hauser, not Wings but his son, Hauser, and um, well, nonetheless, he mm-hmm. was just—you—he this, this, you didn't miss much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this one I knew—you knew, you knew okay. it was going to be bad. I knew this was going to be bad. Okay, okay I right. can pick a bad one. Yeah. Okay, a good one I don't know, it, but a bad when one when it I crosses de- the lower threshold. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I knew this was a stinker. Okay. Um, so we're working on this stage shooting second unit. It's a very small unit. You know, and we're doing this stuff supposed to look like we're hanging from the ceiling and all this stuff, but we're actually on the ground shooting it upside down. And here comes this, through the big doors of the stage, here comes this flatbed truck with 55-gallon drums and rolls of hoses on it. And I go, ooh, that looks interesting. I wonder what's going on. So... (laughs) I go over to the guys in the truck, and thank God they speak English. Mm. And they said, yes, we're going to um, we we'll spray the foam. We mm. have foam spray. We spray in the building mm. here, and then after lunch, they can put fiberglass on this. <laughs> and I go, oh, okay. So they're spraying urethane foam, and they're going <laughs> to, but we're working in here. No, we're going to do this at lunch, and then it'll be good. Everything after that. When <laughs> yeah, so you right. go to lunch, everything will be fine. Yeah. And it's like, I don't think so. So, I'm not happy about this because we're working in this environment. So, I go over to the producer. And the producer's uh, Italian guy, I forget his name, his wife is Romanian, Italian Romanian. Mm-hmm. I won't get in trouble for this because it's true. And he says, No, no, no. And I go, Well, show me the MSDS, you know, material data safety sheets. Mm-hmm. And he goes, Right here. And he opens this book up he goes, this stuff is the best stuff. It just comes, we just shipped it out here from Germany. Had mm. a truck trim it out. And it says right here that, in German, mm. that after 20 minutes, it's safe. It's 20 hours, right? No. Oh. I just said, you know, I've been doing this for 20 years. Uh-huh. I never found a polyfoam that you could breathe anywhere. Mm. It wasn't gassing off after 20 minutes. I, 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 I go, but, but, but. I said, you're the producer and you read german Hmm. and you just told me that it's going to be safe so you know what it's safe as far as i know right (laughs) yeah it's safe right he goes yeah it's safe i go good so i go back to the production i go they say it's safe now now just about that time it was we went to lunch and just after lunch they called us from this stage second unit to go to first unit to shoot so we take all our gear and go to first unit but second unit's still there And we're filming and having a good old time and doing this stuff with the creature suit. And all of a sudden I see the the second unit director and the AD and camera operator on first unit. Mm -hmm. I go, hey, what are you guys doing here? And he goes, seems that we had a... uh, toxic problem on our stage (laughs) and they're trying to clear it out now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, apparently they didn't get it cleared out. We didn't shoot that day on that stage, nor did we shoot the following day because of the fiberglass. Right. But it just, that stuff happens. Yeah. You know, and it can be dangerous and even if you try to call them out on it you can go so far and they were were smart enough to get the hell out of that stage. That's good. Yeah. Nobody died. But the guy spraying the foam, the Romanian guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's okay. You have a mask? Uh, who needs mask? Don't need mask. Right. Everybody's there. Oh my God. Meanwhile, the guy can't spell his name anymore. <laughs> yeah. <You And, know. laughs> everybody there I saw had a bandage on them somewhere. Yeah. It's just like, nah. uh, oh, oh. And so they, they wanted two monsters fighting, but we only had Brian Steele in this particular mm. movie, too. And this is hilarious too. So we got this guy. We had a bunch of guys come in who could fit the suit and try to get him to fit the suit. We found one guy that could fit the suit. Mm. Okay, so he was in one suit, and Brian's in another suit. And they're going to have a battle, and they are going to be two of them fighting over the guy who's one of the actors and, you know, wanting to eat him, both taking their turn at him. And so we put this guy in it, and we just work him. We work this guy and we tried to tell again, production, you don't understand, being a street performer is a really, really special job. Mm-hmm. You got to get your head right. You're in a suit that's heavy, awkward. Anything you do, you got to do bigger so it looks better and it right. looks bigger. And so we do this guy and do him for one day. And then it was great. We take him out of it. He's sweating. He's like, oh my God, I've never been so, you know. <laughs> I pray to God that I have job for three years. I ask, please, God, I want to have sh- this job. Right. And this is job I get. <laughs> <laughs> so this is what he sells. He says, you know, Eric, if I did not know better, I think you're trying to kill me. <laughs> and I go, no, <laughs> this is suit work. This is what yeah. suit works about." about. Yeah. So it's amazing. He came back three days later and he did another day because mm-hmm. he did. But he said, "I slept. Th- I slept for three days. I was so tired. Wow! Because it did. It worked him. It mm-hmm. just tore him up. But, it, but he, you know, you have so much adrenaline when you are in the suit. Camera roll. Go. Do this. Jump on the guy. Right. You just do. Right. Then you are fried. So, I hats off to all you guys, all you suit performers. You know, Doug Jones, Brian Steele, all you guys. Great. Thanks.
0: Yeah, I'm going to yeah. hopefully get somebody, in, uh, a suit actor, here soon. Um, I can't guys. reveal the name just oh, yet, but yes. nobody. Well, I think he's on the up and up, but not like Doug Jones level.
1: Mm. Not yet. He'd be wonderful, by the way, and I bet he'd want to do it in a minute. He's
0: a great guy. Can you hook guy. me up?
1: I, yes, I can. I All right. I'll see that I can that. would be fucking that. awesome, man. I'll make a few phone calls so we can get him hooked up.
0: That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, he'd be really good. <laughs> the Silver Absolutely. Server. <laughs> Him and uh, the Saru and the Star Trek Discovery. I love that show, man. Yeah. Have you been watching that? No. Is he in there? Yeah. He has got a full on speaking role. Everything. Suit wow. acting. It's. I loved it. it. I mean, it's. It kind of set a new bar for. Uh, what do you call it? Like the the new like paid, uh, internet channels. You know, mm-hmm. like apparently DC is making one, and when I read online, there's a new Titans one I think, and they said that. This is going to be Star Trek Discovery level. Just the fact that they're uh-huh. referring to it really? like that, like it's this high pedestal. You know what I mean? I thought that was cool. They're, well, it was. You know, it had to have been a Hellboy,
1: where he had a speaking role in that, mm-hmm. and they used yeah. no, they didn't use his voice. They overdubbed in the his, second you know, voice. but he did all the he did all the performance. I mean, honestly,
0: yeah, yeah. Even though they did the ADR on him, so but Doug's M- great guy. Movement is. Important. You know, Very a lot of people just, I don't think they really realize it. They they can recognize it when they see it, but they don't think about it that much. You know and, what I mean? And it can be overdone. Yeah. A lot. Yeah, and yeah. even
1: underdone overdone. You know, it's like, oh, less. No, no more. And yeah, it can be overdone. Right. You know, if you're going to be a monster, you know, you're not Harryhausen's monster, you know, but that's <laughs> right. how they get up. Everybody gets on their toes and moves their arms out to the side. Yeah. Yeah. Know. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. not everybody, not Brian Steele and not
0: Doug Jones. <laughs> I, I, and I've seen, I won't say any names or any show names, but I've seen like a, what do you call it? Like a, somebody in addition to the suit actor was like a movement specialist or something and just was teaching the person how to move. When like, they did, yeah. the, my understanding,
1: when you did... Um, Oh, Planet of the Apes. Oh, there's another one. That was another inspiration for me when I was a kid. Planet oh, yeah. Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Are you kidding <laughs> me? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love that. But when they did the new Planet of the Apes, when they used it, Rick Baker was there. They had they had gorilla school. They had monkey school.
0: This was for the Tim Burton
1: one? I believe so, yeah. Okay. The one that was shot out here in the desert. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. They had had school. You had to to learn how to do it. They had a guy who was great at it, Mm -hmm. who looked like a monkey, a gorilla, would run like him, and get everybody to do that. Right, right, right.
0: Yeah, there's school. You got to go to it. Yeah, I think that's. I'm a fan of that. I'm a fan of like get it right. The 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 movement of it all. Yeah, I think it's really cool. It is. It's important. Absolutely. What Uh... do you got on here next? So uh...
1: let's see. I know one. Let's go. (laughs) Here, this is a great one so innocent blood and don rickles we've got to talk about that because <laughs> yeah i have a picture. Here, here this this is great here's a picture this was taken at steve johnson's shop we made don rickles he he was a vampire this movie's about vampires i and have not seen this movie uh, john truthfully. landis directed it and don rickles and bob loggia were in it uh, And they're vampires. They're gangster vampires, which is kind (laughs) of interesting. Yeah. It's an interesting concept. Um, And we made uh, Don Rickles disintegrate, catch on fire. The sun, you know, the sun, they open the windows to the hospital. The sun hits Don Rickles, and then he starts burning Mm. on fire. Now, this was a cool trick. It was a foam copy, foam rubber head of Don Rickles that was independently shot on second unit there in Pittsburgh. And... um, What we did to make this guy burn, it was really cool, is we used two different kinds of acid on foam rubber. Now, kids, I'm going to say this right now. (laughs) Please don't try this at home. But if you do, one, have either baking soda or sodium carbonate powder right next to you, lots of it available. Because if you get this stuff on your skin, it's going to burn you. It's going to blind you. I would wear a Tyvek suit. Full face mask, mm-hmm. rubber gloves up to my elbow, mm-hmm. and then you cuff the rubber gloves. So if the if anything Seeps rolls in. down, it catches in the cuff and rolls away from you. Right, right, right. Okay, so so safe you have to be. But here's what we did: took Don Rickles' head out of foam rubber, and we treated with two acids. One is nitric acid. One is sulfuric acid. Mm. Okay. Now, I'm not sure which one. You have to try them to test it. You put first either the nitric or the sulfuric into the foam. Painted foam ready to go. Oh, and what we would do is score the foam with a razor blade a little bit Mm. so that it would absorb the acid. Mm. Okay. So we pump it full. We fill it. We coat it. We draw it. We would... Paint it with this acid. I used one of those uh, scientific bottles with the little tube that comes out the top Mm. and then it squeezes out and it had the acid in it. We'd Mm. fill it up with that acid. Now, inside of the puppet, we had a full-blown puppet. Inside that puppet, we had a reservoir that had little tubes, dozens of them, come out and come out to the surface of the skull underneath the foam rubber that was there. And we filled that reservoir with nitric acid, or the opposite acid. Mm. And it sat there. And then we took a little bit of air, very low pressure, like 5 psi, and we'd pump it into that reservoir, and it would push the other acid up these little tubes, and they would come out under the skin, just below the surface. Mm. When those two acids meet, they create an enormous amount of heat. And literally, literally, the foam rubber starts to burn turn to charcoal mm. and turn black and you'll actually see fire in there and it's amazing effect it gives off an enormous amount of smoke you don't want to breathe any of it mm. but we had a big fan over the top of it that suck all the smoke out and we would fire that baby up and then you know start puppeteering roll the camera then go tick tick Tick, tick, literally go tick, tick, tick with a button that would have a solenoid to let the air go in and push it into that reservoir because we didn't want anything squirting out towards us. Mm. We're puppeteers right by it. And this thing would lit up and burn. It was awesome, really cool effect. So cool that if I, in cursive, wrote my name in one acid and then touched one drop Mm. on the end of that name, it would actually write my name in burning black fire. All the way out. It just continue to well, burn. Poisonous really cool as effect. hell. Poisonous as hell. Dangerous <laughs> as hell. Please don't do it. I've done it like three times. Mm. We did it on this one. We did it on AI. The girl gets acid poured on her head. We did it on that effect. Both times. It's, it's hairy dangerous, but it is a really, really cool effect. And the first time they did it was on Fright Night. Okay. And that's Steve Johnson learned about it from Thane Morris. Thane Morris, the effects guy, did it. Steve told me about how it worked. We then executed it and it worked great. It was Mm -hmm. a cool, cool effect. So, Don Rickles, greatest guy in the world. If you were to ask me, who are the greatest guys you ever worked with in your career, I'd say Don Rickles is
0: one of them. He didn't make fun of you or anything? Oh, God, yes. Oh, he did, He had to, yeah? yeah. 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 Oh, it was fantastic. (laughs) Absolutely yeah. fantastic
1: yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, knows everybody by name. As soon as he meets you, he'll call you your name. That's cool. That's really, cool. really cool. And stories. Mm. Oh my God, old Vegas stories, old this, old that, all this stuff. He had a, a handler. Uh, I forget his name, Thomas, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and how he got Thomas was he has you know his show. He's a mean guy. He says mm. he loads his audience and then says, "Hey, Greaseball, and hey you, right, and right, hey right. Fatso, or whatever." <laughs> right. He does all that right. <laughs> Someone was waiting for him in an alley <laughs> after the show, after, but they at were the hurting. stage door, <laughs> yeah. and was going to work him over. And this guy saved him. Oh shit! Beat those guys up, and then he said, "You wow. are my guy forever." Wow! And so we got to meet him. Cool. After the show or during the show, when we were working on *Innocent Blood*, he goes, "Hey, if you're ever in Vegas, I always play the Gold Nugget. If you're ever in the Gold Nugget, you see me there. Call me. Hmm. I'll get you." And I thought, eh, "Yeah, sure." Leslie and I were in Vegas. We were staying at the Gold Nugget. Don Rickles was there. Cool. I call. I call the front desk, okay? Mm -hmm. And I said, "Uh, this is Eric Fiedler in room so-and-so. Could you connect me with uh, Mr. Rickles' room, please? (laughs) They did it. Oh, wow. I didn't think they were going to do it. I thought, oh, this is where it stops. Right. I don't know where I'm going to go from here, but this is where it stops. Nope. Connected to his room. I talked to Thomas. Mm. I'm talking to the guy who saved him. Right. I said, Thomas, this is Eric Fiedler. I worked on Innocent Blood with Don Rickles. He said, if I'm in town and I said I should go. To. He goes, you got it. Go to the front. Talk to the maitre d'. He has seats for you. That's awesome. I go, man. you're kidding. Hell so yeah. We go, so we go. We go. Leslie and I go to the show. Oh, he also said, after the show, come to the green room. And say hi to Don. That's awesome. I go, are you kidding? Great. So we go to the show. Now here's how the show works. There's a front there, in this show. There was a front audience. There was like a level that was like a wide eight ten foot wide level with tables on it. Mm-hmm. Then a back audience. Okay, here's what I find out. the The, the matre d loads the front with people. He goes, okay, I need a fat guy. A uh, guy guy looks like he's Latino. I need a you know a grease <laughs> yeah, ball. Yeah. I need I need all these kinds. So they load the front. You think you're getting great seats? Yeah. They ever put you in the front, you're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> so they didn't put us in the front. They yeah. put us in this middle section. Leslie and I had our own table.
0: Okay. Nice.
1: He does the show. Great show. Middle of the show, he takes a break. He goes, you know, we have some special guests here. He goes, "He goes." by the way, you've seen her in all the road shows with Bob Hope and Bing Crosby. Miss mm-hmm. Lana Turner is here. <laughs> Lana, would you stand up? Seriously. Right next to us is this older lady. Mm-hmm. Light hits her. There's Lana Turner. Mm, wow. Fair. Amazing. <laughs> nice. That's fantastic. And he goes, And I just got done doing this movie, he says Innocent Blood. It's about vampires. You're going to love it. The makeup man who is here is here who did my makeup for that. I didn't do his makeup, but that's what he said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, he's making something of it. Eric Fiedler's here. Stand up, Eric Fiedler. And I'm like, nice. Holy shit. Shit, I didn't expect this, so I'm standing up. Everybody, give him a big round of applause. He goes, All right, Knucklehead, sit down. That's enough for <laughs> you. <Yeah. laughs> of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, of course. What yeah. do you think this uh, is? The Academy? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he does that. And it was great. We go backstage after the show. He's talking with Lana Turner. No, was it? Is it Lana Turner? Wait, maybe I missed. Dorothy Lamore. Excuse me. I'm sorry, I blew it. It was Dorothy L- Thank you, Leslie. Dorothy L'Amour <laughs> He goes, so, so, and he's talking to us as if we're having a conversation with all of us. And he goes, so, Eric, you got to understand, Leslie, look, Dorothy Lamour actually came up with those road shows. She was the one who came up with the idea. Everybody thinks Bing did it, but he's talking to us like he's known us our whole lives. Mm. Amazing. So, greatest guy, greatest guy in the whole world.
0: That's awesome. So, he's your favorite person you've worked with?
1: One of two. One of two, okay. One of two.
0: The second one
1: is this guy.
0: Oh, he's holding up the Bicentennial Man book script. Mm. Script. Okay, it looks like a school yearbook from the outside.
1: It's all hard covered. They printed up Bicentennial Man scripts for the crew. Nice. And there's a picture of Robin Williams inside holding the Bicentennial mask and uh, has a little thing written to me from Robin. Greatest, greatest guy in the whole world amazing 62 days no one else was in that suit except robin oh nice uh bill bryant was in a suit but Mm -hmm. not as robin's character Mm -hmm. and uh didn't complain once Mm -hmm. about anything really good taught me a lot about how he does his style his style for filmmaking is he starts out small when Mm -hmm. you shoot uh, take 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 Little bigger, little bigger, back small. That's his style. And so what we would do when we filmed him in that is I round the brows and the blinks. Very simple puppet, brows and blinks. And how I got the job was we built the head. Uh, Bill Bryant was in the suit demonstrating it for Chris Columbus, and I was running the face. Uh, Jaw was run by Robin Williams, or in this case was Bill Bryant. So I'm operating it. I'm across the room standing on a table Everybody's crowded around Bill Bryant. They're they're doing a demonstration with Bill in the suit. And uh, the eyes would move, and he would go into a gesture, and I'd do a, a, a reciprocal uh, expression that went with it. And And Chris goes, well, who, is Bill doing the, the expression? He goes, no, Eric's doing the expression. Well, where's Eric? Well, he's over there. And I go, he goes, I want that guy. I want that guy to do the face. That's how I got the job. So I go, fantastic. You bet I'll do that. So I went and got to run Robin's face. Now the face was held on with Magnus. First time I ever used Magnus to stick a face on. Oh. And Steve said, Steve Johnson, when we were doing this show, he says, This is this is Robin Williams. You gotta do this is Robin Williams. If he wants out of that, he wants out now. Right. You know, he's gonna do his rehearsals with his face off. Mm. You know? So it's gotta go on that fast. Mm. And I go, okay, let me think about it. So I come up with this magnet thing. And so we have a bust of, of, of Robin. We have the back of the helmet on there. And then I have the face in my hand. And I go, well, how's this, Steve? And he goes, well, how's what? And I go, I'm going to show you how fast the face goes on. From three feet away, I throw the face at the head. The magnets all go, grrrr. And line up and slap on. I go, how about that? That's pretty quick. It's on there, huh? <laughs> yeah. He goes, you're not going to really do that with Robin. I go, why not? Hey, Robin, go out for a pass. You know? And he goes, you're not going to do that. And I go, of course not. But that's how fast it goes on. Uh... And that's how fast it comes off. So we did that. And while I was working with Robin, we do it face off. And the nice thing is I sit there and watch what he's doing with his eyes. I watch what he's doing with his brows. We go back in. Then we copy that. Mm. And that's what it was. I was just doing him.
0: Was he, he wasn't like always on, right? Always on. He always
1: Always on. On, on, on. on. We would, we got an hour to dress him in the morning. Mm-hmm. We found out later, it took 17 minutes really to put the suit on when he had to in a minute now. Uh, but he would come in, he'd tell a joke. We'd sit there, da-da-da, how's it going? Like like early in
0: the morning, him. he's already full energy. Boom. Yeah, yeah, he lit.
1: To, not lit, alcohol. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lit up, just going. Right. Telling jokes, telling stories. Mm-hmm. Great stuff. Really good stuff. Great guy. No complaining from that guy. So sad.
0: Because complaints do happen pretty much from everybody, though. Oh, right? yeah. Most of the time, just because the stuff is so difficult. To it is. It's, it's, get it's in and out of. hard
1: to wear. It's, yeah.
0: It pinches. It bites. It twists. It binds. Right. Yeah. Suits her. Suits are that way. It takes hours, and you're waking up early. Earlier than usual. Absolutely. All right. What else? Oh, uh, yeah. We got to talk about this. Monster Squad. What'd you do for this one? Oh, okay. This is great. So I worked at Stan Winston's for Monster Squad. I love that movie, man.
1: Four classic characters. Vampire, mm-hmm. mummy, uh, wolfman, Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Oh, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Yes. Okay. Now here's a little, note, a little note that nobody knows, but if you look at the Creature from the Black Lagoon suit that they did for Monster Squad... In the throat, right where the Adam's apple is, I don't think you'll ever see it on TV, They, uh, Matt Rose sculpted an <laughs> homage to the original creature. Oh. And in one of the scales was the creature of Black Ragoon in Low Relief. Oh wow. So it's really cool. That's nice. So that was it. And the neat thing about that is I did basically lab work, tech mm. work. I got to punch hair on the wolf man's arms. That okay. was part of it. Uh, but one of the things I did on set was I was being a certified diver. Um,
0: We've talked about that a little bit. Off yeah. <laughs> certified diver
1: is really a good thing to be in film industry. Uh, not that it pays anymore, but it sure opens up doors. Yeah. Uh, I was his spotter. He had to come out of the Walton's Pond on the back lot of uh, Warner Brothers. And that's where the Walton Pond was. The funny thing about the Walton's Pond is it was so full of leaf litter and leaf debris... Uh, and he would walk out for this one particular scene where he comes out. There was hydrogen sulfide like crazy mm. in that water. It was like oh. you could smell the farts and you stirred it up. <laughs> it just smelled <laughs> bad. Yes. And what was what you didn't know is later, after we were done filming, your skin rashed out oh. because you just got to burn. And that's what happens. Another safety thing. Who knew? What are they going to do? Filter the filter it out? Mm-hmm. No, they're not going to filter it out for us. That's, that's Walton's pond. So,
0: but I was his spotter for that. took him out of the water. Very cool with that movie, I rented it when I was really young. I hadn't seen a trailer or anything. I think it had been out for a while. And I remember I came home, and my mom said, "You have to do your homework before you watch this movie." <laughs> I did not, and I just watched the movie and And she's still mad. no, no but i I lied I lied to her like, did you do your homework?" I said, "Yeah," but I didn't, and I don't know if I don't know if I ever did that particular homework because I think I watched the movie again. Uh, it's a great movie. Yeah, yeah, it really was good. one of the first like monster movies I was like super into. I guess because it's kind of a lighter. It's almost like Goonies-esque. It is, you know. I think yeah. it kind of followed that same line. Yeah, I really do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was the only thing I did on set because I was there as a spotter because I dove, but basically I was doing lab work. You were spotting what in the water exactly? Well, Tom Woodruff was in the creature suit. I'm sorry. He was in the Creature Black Lagoon suit. Mm -hmm. So he had to literally rise up out of the water from completely submerged.
0: And you're just propping him up in the suit and underwater or something?
1: I would keep the regulator for him. Yeah. He would have a regulator so he could breathe out Uh, of it. And then he would go underwater. Yeah. Then I'd take the regulator and then I'd duck underwater, not breathe, hold my breath. Right. And then he would come... Up out of the water and then walk out slowly in a a creature from the Black Lagoon esque style. Okay, and you know Tom Woodruff has done tons and tons of suit work.
0: And you just got this job because you're like, hey, you're certified. Well, exactly. They did. They
1: needed someone to be certified, and I kind of pushed that way. And (laughs) I ended up ordering all the equipment and the hookah lines. And you know, I was familiar with what would make Tom safe. Mm -hmm. You know, and I've done that Uh, diving. Is fantastic. Uh, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about diving. Uh, <laughs> here, I've <laughs> yeah. done like four shows diving. That's cool. Okay. Uh, I did The Abyss. I, I dove on that show. That's cool. And here's the really interesting thing about that. We're down in San Pedro in this big, giant tank that mm-hmm. had a probably the largest Lexan, uh, or I'm sure it's Lexan, glass window in the front of it mm. that was probably 10 inches thick, and it was probably 20 feet wide. And 15 feet tall. Mm. The tank was 15 feet deep. And it even bowed. If you looked at the sides of it, you could look down the side and see that it was actually had water pressure oh. behind it. This was what they were filming through to do underwater stuff. It was made for the movie Splash okay. down here. And it was right. still there. Right. Well, Cameron knew about it. It was here, even though they shot in the Carolinas mm. in an un. Uh, un was closed location? No, no. It was in a nuclear reactor cha- uh water tank. Oh, I think I've heard of this. Yeah, but yeah. it was never put online. Oh. So it was like, it was a 65 or so foot deep tank. Mm-hmm. And they would scuba dive down there and film all this stuff really underwater. They had guys down there that would have to decompose for, or decompose, decompress for hours after wrap. Oh, because shit. Because yeah. they're down there for so long. There's thirty five past 35 feet. Yeah, yeah. So once you're past 35 feet, you got a decompression time. They'd sit there, have guys changing out, dropping other lines down. They'd change out hoses on hookahs. They would
0: go into uh called the deco chamber, decompression, decompression
1: chamber. Decompression chambers. Yeah. Really, just right right there. Right there. They had them on set. <laughs> God. So so this, I was on this little set. I didn't go to the big set uh, here in San Pedro. And I'm working... And then I hear somebody talking in my head underwater while I'm scuba diving, really? working underwater. Mm. And it's like, Eric, can you move that a little to the right? And it was real quiet. <laughs> yeah. And I go, What the and I look around,
0: this motherfucker not <laughs> And I,
1: exactly. <laughs> and I look around and I see like a pie tin on the side. And then I look out the glass and there's Cameron talking to me. Mm. He says, yeah, just move it a little more to the right place. <laughs> like it's in my head. It was... And what they were using is a
0: hydrophone. Okay. But it's so weird. Yeah. You can hear them in your head. you're not used to that shit because. I've never done this. Yeah, this is my yeah, first yeah. diving gig uh-huh. on set. Well, what's second, the actual actually? title for that? The Abyss? I mean, no. I mean, the, the, the position, like film diver or what, what's your credit? I don't know. It could be safety diver. It could uh, be diving tech or whatever. Dive I, tech maybe. Yeah. Dive tech. Yeah. Yeah, it could be that.
1: So we're diving. So that was one show that was cool. I got to dive on. Um, another was I on. Uh, I got to dive on. Uh, oh come on, what is it? Uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Oh shit. Okay. Okay. There's. Oh, this is the hell of the underground underwater sinners or upside down sinners. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're all underwater in a tank. At uh, this was at MGM Studios. Mm. Got to meet uh, Kurt Russell. Mm-hmm. Goldie Hawn showed up for some reason. Got to meet Goldie Hawn because you know <laughs> she's they're, just
0: there. They're, she just showed up. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. And it was
1: very cool. Really nice guy. He again another personable guy. Guy to sit there and talk to you. He seems nice. Like you yeah. you know him. Mm-hmm. Like you've known him forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And so uh, I dove on that show setting up all those things underwater. We had to rig them awesome. and put them and put monofilaments on so we could turn them slowly as the guys were swimming and getting scared by them. Yeah. So it was kind of pu- underwater puppeteering again. Cool. That's cool, man. And then I got to work again with uh, Kurt Russell on Death Proof with Quentin Tarantino. Oh, shit. Nice. Another one. Of course, you know, I, I didn't say anything because he'd never remember who the hell I was. <laughs> yeah. But we were filming in Builton, and I had a double of <laughs> Kurt Russell. This is for Can uh, b Studios, and this is a Nicotero job. Awesome. So uh, he sent me up there, and uh, I. I asked production. I had worked already in uh, um, Austin, Texas with them. And I asked production, hey, can I bring my son up? He's never seen a film set. And they go, sure, bring your son up. So I brought this upper torso of Kurt Russell Mm -hmm. and my son to Buellton. Now, the great thing about the, the, the Kurt Russell torso, and everybody talks about doing this. Well, I did it. I took Kurt Russell torso and I put it in my truck. I rolled down the window and I put his arm in the window. <laughs> I put sunglasses, and this was spot on, <laughs> spot on for Kurt Russell. I put sunglasses on it because the eyes, you know, mm-hmm. they're not moving. Mm-hmm. You don't know if he's awake. And I rode in the Diamond Lane, and that's what I did. I, this is take, <laughs> taking it from Canby back to my house. So right. then I take this Kurt Russell upper torso and I show it to my son. He goes, "Oh, that's cool." I go. Watch what I'm going to do. And he goes, what am I going to do? I'm going to put it in her bed. So (laughs) Leslie's in the bathroom. And the bathroom's connected to the bedroom. She's doing makeup. Whatever she's doing. I take Kurt Russell. I put it in the bed. And I set it up, prop it up against the pillows. And I said, okay, we're going to go out and watch TV. He goes, I want to see what happens. I go, you'll know what happens. (laughs) And so five minutes later, I, I hear Eric. Oh, Jesus. Fuck God. Eric, what the? <laughs> Eric, what's going on? She saw Kurt Russell sitting in her bed, scared the crap out of him. <laughs> so the next day, yeah, that's the fun around the feeder house. So the next day, Christopher, Kurt, and I drive up. But Christopher's in shotgun this time. Kurt's in back. Mm. We drive up to Buelton, And I said, Chris, you can be my assistant and help me load Kurt Russell into the car. Mm. Now this is where the scene where the girls finally get pissed off and go after Kurt mm. and they slam into the back of his car and then he does you know like a head slam into the into the steering wheel mm. and his car rolls down the street or down into the valley uh, so we're sitting there we're rigging it and my son's helping me and it's all set up ready to go and Quentin goes hey <laughs> hey who's that Who's that new guy on my set? That blonde kid. Who is that? Sure like to meet him. And I go, Christopher. I go, Quentin wants to meet you. Mm. He's like, oh, my God. And I go, I hope this works out because he could could go, you know, Mm. nervy on me. He goes down there and goes, hey, come on. Quentin takes him down to the car to the dummy. And opens the door and goes, check this out, man. He's going to slam his head against the car. (laughs) Boom. And he goes, yeah, isn't that cool? (laughs) And Christopher's going, oh, my God, Quentin Tarantino's talking to me. Slams his head a couple times into it. And he goes, that's good. You help with this? He goes, yeah. And he goes, that's great. Thanks, man. That's cool, man. Right up to my kid. The kid was eight. Eight Eight-year-old kid. Wow. And he's like, really cool. Quentin is awesome, by the way. Another person has the whole movie in his
0: head. He knows. It seems like it, yeah. He, He knows. Yeah. It's all
1: edited, you know. From what I understand, he was a, a total film buff, you know.
0: Oh, yeah, it's yeah. famous, right? He, he supposedly worked at a video rental shop and watched, watched literally movies. every movie in the shop. Yep, and I, I just watched anything.
1: I think it was down near Lancashire or right in the Lower Canyon, Lancashire area, that particular right. shop, I think. But I don't know, I don't know the stories. Yeah, I'd like it's to all be on that. Legends, <laughs> but yeah, really fun to work with that guy. You from L.A. originally? Born. Oh, yeah. Yeah, born in, in uh, well, born in La Jolla. Mm-hmm. My dad was in the Navy, okay. but I was I never saw La Jolla. Raised in Covina, California. Okay. I lived here my whole life. Yeah. Loved it. Loved
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've been here eight years myself. There you go. You told me this one in person, actually, uh, Whenever around the time when we first met, but... Uh, you were filming uh, Anaconda in South America somewhere. I forget in? the country. Oh. <laughs> and you yeah. said that you took some medication to help with your immune system or something. Okay. It's, and that made you go crazy for a couple of days. Okay. <laughs> Side effects or well, something.
1: Me, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're shooting in Brazil. Okay. On the Amazon. Uh huh. Where the Rio Negro and the Rio Salomon come together mm. at the confluence in Manaus Brazil our job was not the big giant snake mm. the big uh, big giant anaconda ours was like other snakes and other things you know okay so to go down there the production thought it would be best that we all get you know properly inoculated you know mm-hmm. hepatitis all this stuff and we went to this doctor in a little tiny, Back alley kind of doctor's office. It seemed like to me it was a very weird doctor's office, mm-hmm. and got medication for malaria. Okay. Okay. This is a malaria. They call it a prophylactic for malaria to okay. protect you. It's called larium. <laughs> okay. okay. This pill, you take. You had. You get. Would take one a week. Every day you're there, plus one week before you get there okay we take this okay so a week before we're going down I pop a pill mm-hmm. all right now they're flying us down there we fly to Florida then we fly to Brazil and I remember clearly going well it's been a week here's my pill I'm sitting in the in the plane I go Boop and I pop the second pill mm-hmm. great I just took it we go to production we go to we're in Brazil they pick us up they take us to the production office we're in the production office and the <laughs> Prop man, Terry, his name, he's also an entomologist, mm. hands me this piece of paper. And he says, here, you might want to read this. And I look <laughs> at it. Larium. Side effects. 25% of all patients have psychotic reactions. <laughs> <laughs> May <awesome>. cause hallucinations. <laughs> Death dreams. Lucky me. Death. <laughs> I go, ooh, this, is, this doesn't sound good. <laughs> Now, the larium from the previous week is kicking in. Mm. And I'm sitting in the hotel, and the walls are going, you know, in and out a little bit. When I sleep at night, I'm having dreams like I'm hanging on the side of a cliff. <laughs> like, oh, my God. And I wake up going, yeah. you know, this kind of thing. yeah. And so, oh, my God. And I was getting anxiety, emotional, pissy, mm-hmm. And it was not pretty.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We would be sitting on the barge and the script supervisor comes back to the back and starts crying. <laughs> and we go, yeah. what's going on? And she goes, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And Bob Bob Newton and I looked at each other and go, Larry's here. That's <laughs> yeah. what We nicknamed Larry and we uh, nicked it Larry yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's Larium And it was just like I stopped taking that stuff immediately. I realized... They told us that the mosquitoes, which are these blue and black striped mosquitoes, are the ones that transfer malaria. Well, the, we were on the Rio Negro, and the Rio Negro is so tannic with like tea, with leaf, like, like take a bunch of leaves from the jungle, mm-hmm. run rain through it every day, and fill up this river. You can take your hand and put it down about eight inches into the water, and mm-hmm. like tea or coffee, you couldn't see your hand. Oh. They said that. The water is so tannic that the the insects, the mosquitoes, can't produce larvae there. Oh. Rio Salamone, the other hand, was not this way, and mm. that's where it would happen. So we never had. I never. I didn't get bit once, even okay. though I had stuff on. So I stopped taking it. I said, Larry, you know, malaria, no malaria, forget it.
0: It was that bad, huh?
1: It was horrible. Yeah. It was. It was horrible. Did you have suicidal thoughts? No. Okay. No. 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 It Didn't go that far. Okay. But oh my God. It was awful. Um, but on that same trip, here's another great thing about how the Amazon is there to kill you. <laughs> Just so you know, one way or another. Another it's great story, there kids. Come. I'm out there, we're working on top of this barge. It was a military barge uh that had two levels. It was hotter than hell, rained every day. Humid. Had a. I had a heat rash that just wouldn't stop. Mm-hmm. Okay. I hate humidity. I could never live in Louisiana. You're a California boy. Oh yeah. I love yeah. this dry, wonderful air. You know, <laughs> yeah. and it's warm. Yeah. Um. I'm. I'm working on top. We're working on this effect where. Uh, who's the main guy? The.
0: Matteo. I want you to go. There. Oh, the older guy. Vaughn. Yeah, Vince Vaughn. No, oh, no, 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 no. I know you're talking. You about. know Oh, God, it is. I okay. know exactly what you're talking about.
1: Robert Von, whatever yeah he we, we had a big skin that Bill Bryant back to Bill Bryant and his magic plastic mm. made this snake skin that looks so much like snakeskin skin out of sheet of plastic mm. and we had it so we could roll it out okay we wanted to roll it out and it rolls out two parts of this story first part is to roll it out we needed some lead like fishing weights mm-hmm. we figured they're fishing everyone's fishing around here. We ask one of the guys in our broken Portuguese, mm. hey, uh, we need some weight, some lead. And we look in our book, lead. They mm-hmm. go, no problem. Boat, <laughs> off it goes. <laughs> 20 minutes later, here it comes. <laughs> Pulls up. The guy comes up. Okay, now listen, this is unbelievable. We couldn't believe it. <laughs> guy comes up with a car battery. Okay. Takes a machete, chops the end off of it, oh, well, pours the sulfur, sulfuric acid inside the car battery into the Amazon. And. <laughs> And then opens it up, and inside, of course, is lead. Yeah. Boy, that's not a way I wanted to get any lead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really was really, we were like, ap, 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 and it was too late. He yeah. had already chopped it up, poured it into the river.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's how they think of it. It's just, mm-hmm. that's where you put it. Uh, so we did that, and we unrolled it. Well, while I was working on this effect, getting it to unroll properly, we had branches from the canopy coming in over the, over the water, over our boat, and I brush up against one, and something, something, stings the shit out of me mm-hmm. on the arm. It's like, what the fuck? Right by my elbow. What is that? Mm-hmm. And I look and I look, and I'm thinking it's one of these ants. They have these ants down there that have have shells as hard as pistachios. Oh, man. Okay? And I would ha- I had a battle with one with a pair of needle-nose pliers, okay? <laughs> I just barely won with it. But when mm-hmm. I cr- I crunched it, that's how I knew it was like a pistachio oh. shell. You know, <coughs> I go, mm-hmm. oh, my God, these things are tough. I thought that stung me. I look through the the leaves. I pull them back, and here is this four-inch long bright green with fuchsia stripes caterpillar with two little tangs on the back and a fluff ball on the front. Beautiful, beautiful mm-hmm. thing. I go, oh, my God, this thing stung me, and my arm is on fire. Mm. Oh, my God, my arm's starting to swell. I run down off the boat. I go to this other boat. There's a medic there. I go, come with me, come with me. He doesn't speak any English. I go, that did that. He goes, fugo, fugo, that fugo. And I go, yeah, that fucker <laughs> stung me. It, what he was saying is caterpillar of fire. Oh. So he threw it in a bottle and we went to another boat and here I have this sting mark. Mm. And my arm is swelled up like Popeye. Burning. <laughs> Great. And finally, after about two hours, it goes down. It okay. stops. But for the rest of the trip, I had a dime size hole that was necrosing in my arm. Great. And the, and the medic would sit there with a the tool and scrape out the dead skin and wow. then pack it for me every day. I could take the tip of my little finger and stick it in my arm. And I go, oh well, and
0: there's the scar today. But nonetheless, everything in that jungle will kill you. It's crazy that they really wanted to go to the actual fucking Amazon for they, this. You know what I mean? They didn't want to fake it at all. Well, they did. They, the second half of it was filmed right here at the Arboretum. Oh, okay. And you That's can close, see huh? it. Yeah,
1: when you see the end of the movie, again, yeah. another movie. They filmed the first half there and the second half here, right? And You can just tell the difference. Oh, in a minute. Yeah. Look at the water. Look at the sky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, there's bright blue with big puffy clouds. Mm-hmm. And the water's like the, the Rio Negro water. Mm-hmm. Here it's kind of murky and the sky is L.A. smoggy. Mm. And it was horrible. But yeah, same thing happened on that movie. I think I don't know how it happened, but but that <laughs> happened. It was pretty interesting. Shit just
0: got too dangerous, or was it reshoots? Uh,
1: no, it was the whole ending sequence, oh, the end okay. sequence at the 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 building and the snake comes down and the digital mm. part and all that. And that was that was filmed here. Um, yeah, they had snakes there that'll you you know one bite uh, one bite you're dead. You know, there's no fixing you. Right. They don't got nothing to make that better. Right, right, right. Yeah, danger on set it can happen <laughs> medic
0: liability eh, insurance will get that medic it is yeah. emergency <laughs> insurance will get this insurance will get it yeah of course <laughs> what's she saying
1: tropic thunder oh i got a tropic thunder story <laughs> okay. yeah, that's, that's a, a good one which one wait, which one honey oh right the insurance to pay for the for the uh for the actor but i do have a story for tropic thunder that's really really good um <laughs> I worked for Robert Devine, and he had to do the panda sequence for Tropic Thunder. Okay. Okay. So we have to take the panda down to show to Ben Stiller and get his approval. So mm-hmm. we take it down, we do the demo, blah, blah, blah. And it, you didn't see it as much as we you know wanted you to. Right. Of course. It's always the case, right? But this, th- that's not the point. The, 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 we're on a stage. They had filmed in Hawaii. I met some camera operators there. They said, oh, my God, this show went on and on and on because it rained every day. Oh. Things you can't plan on. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If you look in almost all the scenes, they're kind of wet scenes. You could tell they're oh. overcast days. They right. had to wait for their days. Right. So you know there's a lot of rain. Everything's wet. That wasn't wet down. That's nature. Right. So we're on a stage. This was the stage where the the compound, the interior shots of the compound and also the bamboo jungle where he finds the... The, the panda bear. Mm-hmm. So we're all standing out in front of there. We're showing it to Ben. Ben's standing there. And Ben goes, Hey, man, uh, I want to introduce you to my friend. Mm. And here's this standing next to Ben. It's this black guy. Mm-hmm. I go, Oh, that's cool. Hey, nice to meet you. He goes, This is my friend, Rob, Robert. Mm-hmm. And I go, Nice to meet you. He goes, huh,
2: Nice to meet you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know. Right. I don't know. I don't know the story. Right. I have no idea. <laughs> it's Robert Downey Jr. Right. Until... I go and actually to the theater and watch the movie. Oh, shit. No oh. And I had no idea that he's playing a black guy who's playing a white guy playing a black guy <laughs> yeah, in the yeah, movie. Yeah. And I go, holy fuck, that was Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> I'm standing. Now, this is credit to Rick and all and Kazu and all those guys.
0: Oh, Kazu did that? I believe he did. Mm.
1: I'm standing closer than this. I am shaking the hands with Robert Downey Jr. as a black man, thinking I'm shaking hands <laughs> with, with a black man. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, that's, that's cool. how good it was. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, and I think Ben knew that, and uh-huh. he was just playing that on me. I don't know, I'm going to trick, trick the honky, trick the white guy. You know, <laughs> 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 he doesn't know it's Robert Downey Jr. He wanted to test it, maybe. He did it, he, make sure it's as good as it always was. Right, and right, it right, was. right. 100, percent amazing. <laughs>
0: That wasn't even on the script. Yeah. But see that how was, this stuff comes out? That up? was off script. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All the diving stuff, too, was off yeah, script. Yeah. All off script. A lot of that stuff. You have some uh, Young Guns, too, Emilio Estevez, Ooh. old age makeup stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Uh, working with Rick Lazzarini on Young Guns, too. Academy Award winner. Dave Anderson's makeup, key makeup on that. He's friends with Charlie Sheen and Emilio. He grew up with them, went to school with them. All right. So, uh, we do this makeup. I ran the foam for the pieces. Mm. I did all the hair work on that. That was my job. Mm. And then uh, Rick wanted me to go and help assist do the makeup and do the hair. Okay, I go with him. It was great. We go all the way out to Alamogordo, New Mexico. No, it, it's nowheres. Nowhereville. We're in the middle of nowhere. We have to get up at 2 in the morning to do the makeup. That's typical. I feel bad for makeup artists. They have their schedules. <laughs> they get no turnaround. Right, they're the first ones there and the last ones to leave. Hats off to all all makeup artists. Absolutely, you guys work your asses off. Mm-hmm. So we're there at two for a six o'clock call four hour makeup. Two o'clock, we're there in the hotel room in the hotel doing it, doing a makeup. Where's where's Amelia? Two a.m. Two a.m. Oh man, you know where's Emilio? I don't know. Call his room. Yeah. Let's get the manager, open his room up. Open the room. Milo's not there. Oh, shit. Where the fuck's Emilio? I know where he is, someone said. AD goes, gets in a car, drives down into town. Mm-hmm. He was cl- helping close out a bar. Okay. You know, it's his day. He can do what he wants. He's Emilio. Mm-hmm. Bring him in. Emilio's in fine shape. <laughs> <laughs> we set him down. We set him down in the makeup chair. Oh, we button the makeup chair. It's in a tall... Uh, 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 you know studio chair you know mm-hmm. Hollywood you know what are those what are those called oh a makeup chair no no the ones that fold that everybody sits in director's chair oh yeah, yeah he's yeah, in yeah, a yeah. tall director's chair Yeah. and he's fallen asleep because he's been out all night mm-hmm. so I tear a bed across. we had a beds. it's a hotel room I tear a bed apart I take the frame, I crisscross it, I duct tape it, and we tape it to the chair and we make a headrest and put two paper towel rolls on it oh, so shit. he can rest his head on it while they wow. do the makeup. So Dave Anderson is there. Uh, Rick Lazzarini's doing the makeup. I'm doing the hair. And and Emilio is sleeping while they're doing the makeup on him. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So I mean, that's how you have to think in the film industry. Just so you know, kids, you got to make shit up, okay? If you're going to be an AD... And, and you take a test to be an assistant director, mm-hmm. one of the questions on the tests are, give me 10 uses for a paper clip mm. that aren't holding two pieces of paper together. Right. My favorite would be unlocking the door to the director who locked himself in his trailer. Uh, <laughs> or whatever. But yeah. nonetheless, so we came up with things like tearing a bed apart, make a headrest out of it. So mm. Emilio can sleep while we do it. Emilio has this dog. His name was Rowdy. Okay. He is a Rhodesian Ridgeback. It's a lion hunting dog. Huge dog. Uh, This dog farts. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) We're sitting in there. It's like, Rowdy! You'd hear him yell. It was amazing. Uh, Yeah. And then we get in a van with Rowdy. He's
0: pissed drunk but still yelling at his dog. He
1: wakes up. Okay. He would wake up. He'd look at himself, go Kabuki theater, and then Rowdy would fart, and he would go Rowdy. And then why would he say Kabuki theater? It looked like a Kabuki makeup when we first did it. He would oh. pull the sides out,
0: and I don't oh. know. He's he's he was just he was just in the moment. He was just in fine shape. Yeah, he was in fine shape. <laughs> it's okay.
1: And then you know he go back to sleep. We finished the makeup. Absolutely great. Go out to the set and shot that. It was really neat. Good story. He gave us all. A silver badge, uh, like a uh, like a sheriff badge. Oh. And it was st- pure silver. It wasn't some right. kimchi thing. that yeah, said, yeah, thank yeah. you very much, Emilio Estevez. That's cool. Everybody on the crew got one of those. Again, more swag we all get. Yeah,
0: right, and, right, right. and they don't do that anymore. They just don't do that. They just don't want to spend the money? No.
1: It's, you get some neat stuff, but not like the old days.
0: Yeah, I, I kind of wish that they at least did cast and crew screenings. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, I, I mean... I, I mean... Yeah. It's kind of rough. I did one that was great for, um,
1: Mont- uh, oh, that was another squad movie. Which one was that one? Gangster Squad. hmm And um, that was really cool. They had a screening at a movie theater on the Warner Brothers lot. And if you go to the Warner Brothers lot, there's a movie theater in one of their back lots. It's a real theater. Right, right, right. And it's so cool. You get to go to that. You're actually, hey, they film movies here, and they show
0: movies here. Right. So we went to there and saw that. So that was a cool one.
1: That was recent.
0: Everyone said that was uh, kind of a hellish shoot. Oh, also, also the Dark Knight Rises shooting happened, and they had to reshoot that last scene or something. Really? I yeah, remember. I remember that shooting, the actual sh- like gun shooting of – the theater in the dark night some guy came in and shot up the theater calling himself the joker you know like an actual real guy oh my yeah oh and i didn't know that the end scene of the original script mm. was shot and everything was a literal oh. shootout in a movie theater oh you're talking about the
1: one in colorado in where yes. a guy shot up the theater of real people yeah. Yeah, yeah, during doing yeah. that deal and they all thought it was a stunt yeah
0: Oh no. And yeah. then they reshot Gangster Squad, the end of it, totally way after because of the sensitivities towards that oh, at the time.
1: Oh, I didn't know that, see? Yeah, yeah, apparently. Uh, apparently. Yeah. No, that was cool. It's yeah. neat to, to see Sean Penn. <laughs> no, <it> just neat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very yeah. Cool. Very cool.
0: I actually didn't see it. Gangster Squad. It was okay. It was okay. I didn't Not great. It. I be like crazy. <laughs> Not that you don't have to see it again. No. Which is good the first time. Yeah. Don't play full retard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Tropic thunder. <Yeah>. Uh, <laughs> Never played full tar.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then I watch it on TV. I'm watching it on Comedy Central. Never played full special. What? Oh, they, they oh overdubbed and... special instead of retard or full tar. Oh, really? it wouldn't do it because it was just too you know the sensitivities have changed.
0: Con, Comedy Central is very sensitive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah. That's another conversation. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> for another day. Yeah, um, Mom and Dad saved the world. First RC head. What's, oh, what's yeah. going on with this? That was remote the f- control head. The first remote control head I ever built was for Tony Gardner. You're just getting the animatronics at this time. Well, I had already done
1: the hand for uh, in uh, for uh, Highway to Hell.
0: Okay, and
1: now I'm doing a, a head with uh, Bill Sturgeon and a few other people. Dave Pennekas, I believe, was there, and we did these dogs and we did these fish characters. And that was really fun to do. Uh, uh, we also did these mushroom characters for that. That was actually a very fun show. I thought that would be kind of cool. It was very kooky, very um, doctor Seussish, mm-hmm. if you want to call it that. Right, right, right. Had that look and feel about it. And very fun, and it not so good. But I like it. Mm-hmm. And so that was my first RC puppet head. With I did one of the fish. Bleak or Blub or whatever her name was, and <laughs> <laughs> and um, the great thing was it was it was a, a non union movie, and we're working there, and then all of a sudden someone comes up and goes, well, what are you doing on this show? And I said, well, I, I move that, I make that head move with these radios. I'm I puppeteer that, and they go, oh, puppeteer. Well, you're going to be in the screen actor guild. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not easy. Thanks, Ronald Reagan. Uh, Whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Whatever (laughs) happened, I got in the guild in 1998. And that was amazing. So, yeah, best thing that ever happened to me. I feel blessed. Absolutely love to make puppets. Love to do those things. We're not hardly even talking about puppets. We're more talking about stories, aren't we?
0: (laughs) Well, that's part of the story, though. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, the reason I said that is because Reagan was the one that – when he was the head of the Screen Actors Guild, he made Puppeteers eligible to Was it him? Enter. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, he's Reagan. the one that did it because producers yeah. hate him. Yeah, Are yeah, you yeah. kidding me? You're gonna tell me a puppeteer gets sag? Yeah. that's he, he's ridiculous. the one. Yeah, apparently so. <laughs> Thank you, Ronald Ray. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of puppeteers. That was, almighty, puppeteer that was <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> I think I'll make the puppeteers. I think he's gone crazy. No, I'm gonna before I
0: go, I'm gonna make the puppeteers. <laughs> Part of
1: the Screen Actors Guild.
0: <laughs> His wife is <laughs> laughing off, off mic here. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> All right, this is this is one that I'm super interested in. Uh-oh, probably have nothing. B- maybe, maybe. Okay. It's on your list, though. Okay. So, like we said before, born in 84. By the yeah. time 90s come around, I'm 6, 7, 8. 96, I'm 6. I mean, 1990, I'm 6 uh-huh, years old. Uh-huh. And so on. So Mortal Kombat becomes a huge thing around 92, 93, 94. That's my generation. All right. hundred percent. So you worked on the Goro for this, the forearm guy? I worked on one of the Goros for that. Okay. Which
1: was, uh, I think, very cool. It was for Tom and Alec Gillis over at ADI. Mm -hmm. And they were doing um, Santa Claus, the Santa Claus at the same time with uh, Tim Allen. Tim Allen. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So we're doing Goro. They got this great Goro costume. I believe Tom, I don't know if Tom was one of the Goros, but I think he was. They had two of them. Well, maybe they had... Th- I think they had three of them. One of them was an animatronic Goro. Oh, my God. It's very great. complicated. Great. Great, though. Amazing. I remember I loved it. Amazing. Made by Dave Kinnon. hmm And um, amazing. In a suit that had a telemetry suit that uh, the puppeteer would wear. And, like, for instance, arms would slide into it. Right. And then whatever the actor did, whatever the puppeteer did, the Goro suit had these animatronic arms that would do it. And what's funny is uh, Dave Kinlan wear glasses would wear glasses mm. so every once in a while the the Goro character would be standing there and it would reach up to its bridge of its nose with its fingers and push <laughs> And everybody goes what's it doing and it's like Dave's adjusting his glasses and every time Dave would push his glasses up Goro did the exact same thing so whatever Dave was doing he was he was in the suit that's hilarious stand still yeah he had to stand still and and be in the suit when he when he did his telemetry thing. Mine wasn't so complicated. Yeah. Mine was for free walking shots where you oh, see okay. Goro walking around. Yeah, And I built a set of kinetic arms okay. that were above the actor's arms. So yeah. the, act, the, the head's high, the actor's arms are the lower's arms, which they were with the other Goro. Mm-hmm. And then the upper arms were kinetic, spring-loaded arms mm-hmm. with torsion springs and what. And, and it worked out great. It seemed that whatever the lower arms would do, if you moved your body like to swing for a punch, mm-hmm. the upper arms kinetically would follow. Right, And kinetics, this taught me what kinetics were. This show said, man, get as much movement as you can for free Yeah, because you can go a, the mileage. It's just go, go, go. Uh-huh. No cables connected, no nothing. And all the species stuff on Species 1 and 2. Yeah. All those suits were kinetic suits. Okay, we basically had a neck and a head that sat on a kinetic suit, and if you move the body and, and the arms were attached, it looked like it was moving itself. Same thing with the girl. You just—it's it, all kinetics, and that sold me that I'm going to try to build everything I possibly can with free movement. Mm. Anything I can get for free, I love rod puppets. Mm-hmm. I mean, I try. RC's great, sound hates it because it makes a little noise. Oh yeah. Rods, rods are great because digital goes, ah, we can get rid of that, no problem. Right. It's great stuff. So but, but that's all I did. I worked in the shop for Goro. I wasn't again on you set you weren't on set. Okay. Nope. The the director that came in, I had never seen that young a director ever. It was like oh, really? a young kid. And really? I wow, that's amazing. How how did he get that job? That's cool. Did yeah. he write it?
0: <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Maybe. Supposedly, it cool. it's uh, loosely, or maybe not so loosely, based on Enter the Dragon too. So There you go. I think that was actually part of its success. Was that It was based on an already popular martial arts film, just with a four-armed dude in it this time. There you go. And you it know? goes
1: perfect with the game. Marketing, right? marketing. It, I
0: mean, I we were that generation, and we loved the fuck out of that movie. That, it had a sequel, which was awful. But uh,
1: but you went and saw it anyways.
0: Oh, we saw it. It was a Mortal Kombat movie. <laughs> yeah. I remember thinking that until The Matrix came out, it had the best fighting out of any American movie I had seen at that point, in my opinion. What do
1: you think? I'm going to ask you this. Yeah. What do you think the, about the fighting? What What's your favorite fighting movie? What would
0: you say? Oh, like, martial, like that martial arts Well, Bloodsport or The Karate Kid. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, uh, all right. Let's see. We're near the end here, huh? Uh, you got. We already covered the abyss. Mm-hmm. Uh, HBO Masters of Horror, the greatest launch ever. You know what? This is the perfect one to close on too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't even hardly remember
1: what I was doing for Masters of Horror, but I was working with Stan Stan Winston's group on that. We had something going on, some creature or something, and we shot up at Griffith Park. Mm. Now, unbeknownst to me. This is the last day of filming, and catering's always pretty good. You can, I mean, the, the army runs on its stomach, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're filming. I'm filming this thing, and it's lunch. We break for lunch. We go down to the to the catering, and we go into the catering tent. And here is freaking prime rib. <laughs> here is steaks. Here is lobster. Oh, here shit. are oysters on the half shell. Here is shrimp is the most amazing meal i've ever seen in my life and i go (laughs) and i said out loud i go wow you guys eat like this every day this is pretty damn good (laughs) Uh, it was the last day of filming and the production was doing a really Mm. cool thing uh for the crew to give us a really nice meal so it was was better than
0: stephen king restaurant oh
1: You know, if Stephen Kidd goes, okay, you go to Griffith Park and go to this tent, yeah, yeah. that would have been office. I would have got my dream, right?
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, it was fantastic. The greatest meal I ever had in my life. That was on set. That was wow. it. That's cool. Very good. Yeah, you get it. you get something now and again. It's mm. really cool.
0: Yeah, Hey Eric, I got one thing real quick. Uh, oh, he has a question for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, hold on. Okay. Got Sorry about, about that, Joey. Uh, yeah, yeah. What's about. up, Joey? Hey, Uh. so Night of the Demons
1: night of the demons oh my god <laughs> yeah that was an interesting show what do you want to know about it uh I didn't know if you had a, just a particular story um you know yeah I do uh, the Maybe lipstick story out. that was pretty okay amazing. oh yeah yeah I <laughs> did, think you, I, did you watch that movie oh I love it it's a, it's and like who's, a, who,
0: go ahead. What, what what what's her name um it's uh, like uh Oh, I, I could find it like super quick. I actually like I know. What the hell It's like uh, Linnea something. Linnea Quigley. It's Linnea Quigley. Quigley. Yeah, it's I remember Quigley. Quigley.
1: Yeah, it's one of one of Steve's wives. Steve married Linnea Quigley. Steve Johnson. Steve Johnson married oh, wow, Linnea okay. Quigley one time after this show for crying out loud. <laughs> but we got to do now again, another perk in our our show, our in our business is every once in a while you get to do live cast right? Everybody's doing mm. live cast Sometimes in the live cast. Whether it be male or female, you have to include their body parts, yes. all of
0: them. I've been a part of these processes. Of course, and yeah. it's,
1: it can be uncomfortable, whatever, and yeah. hopefully it's all good. But we did a live cast of Linnea Quigley because in that particular movie, they had to do a lipstick. She was like, she's under a spell, and she's like in a, a Halloween costume and she's painting lipstick all over her face, and then she goes down her cheek and down her neck and then around her boob and areola, and then she pushes ever so slowly the lipstick into her breast and pulls her finger out, and it's gone. Magic. That's where the magic (laughs) trick comes in. We do magic. So we made for that a telescoping lipstick tube that worked. Okay. Okay. And we made a life cast of her, and we'd call it the old what is it, a half body trick? We call it oh, where right. your neck is the real neck, neck up is the actress, mm. arms of the actress, and then you're wearing an appliance on front of you, uh, you know, that's kind of away from your body, so you can push stuff into it. And so that's how we did that. But that, uh, Steve Johnson and Linnea, then after that show, became amorously involved, oh. and then they got married, and then oh. they then they didn't anymore. You <laughs> <laughs> know, but it's that's it. That lipstick guy can only go yeah. so far. I Joey, guess. you got any other cool mm-hmm. ideas? What are you thinking about?
0: Uh okay. Uh I got I stories. <laughs> <laughs> um let's see. Friday the 13th or I keep saying Friday the 13th. Uh Nightmare on Elm Street 4.
1: Nightmare. Oh, that's a good one. Good for you. Uh Nightmare on Elm Street 4. This is uh are
0: so good. It's just
1: Freddie uh let's see. Freddie has a bunch of little Freddies inside of him, tearing him apart. That's the sequence we did. Um, we had a face that mounted on him. We made little puppets that would hook onto the Freddie under his sweater and mm-hmm. grab at him. You may remember those. But one thing we did that was pretty cool, and Linnea Quigley was in this. Oh. Uh, we did this giant upper torso of Freddie with dental dam on the front of it, big sheet of oh. rubber. And uh, people would stand behind it and press out through the rubber like their souls trying to get out oh. of yeah. Freddy. Remember that scene?
0: I remember that scene. I remember seeing like behind the scenes like years ago on TV. Cool. Uh, so okay. Okay.
1: there was – here's the funny part about that scene. We built that big thing out of fiberglass. We got a giant Freddy sweater, which was really cool. I mean, <laughs> it's a 12-foot tall Freddy sweater. Sure. fit onto this, onto this big – chest prop and on top of it up on a scaffold was this little japanese lady michiko tagawa and i used to call her the japanese witch because she seemed <laughs> like she was a thousand years old but she you know she just seemed but she was also very current she was very funny yeah. hello eric you know that she does stuff you know that that Tom, he making me so mad. You know things like that. She would say, "I <laughs> go, come on, Michiko." So, but nonetheless, she was a great foam fabricator, mm-hmm. probably one of the best foam fabricators ever. And she worked on the show. Well, she was running the neck of that puppet, and she'd have a big handle, and she was moving it back and forth. Well, what happened is, everybody got onto the rig who was going to be in the front of it and push on it. And she's sitting there holding on to the neck. What what they didn't do was counterweight the the base of it. Mm. so everybody started pushing on the front of this into the dental dam trying to do this this soul effect and the thing starts going over okay this is like a 12 14 foot tall upper torso it's starting to fall forward here it goes Mm. Michiko doesn't let go she rides the thing down like a bucking bronco Mm. she goes all the way down we thought oh my god this old lady's gonna die (laughs) she goes down and she rolls like a kung fu roll karate roll out of it and it's like oh a little dazed stands up brushes herself off says oh that was crazy <laughs> it was weird everybody thought oh we lost one this is here it is we're gonna be in the papers yeah. we killed this japanese lady but uh, she was
0: was nice. fun yeah that was this uh, fun that
1: was something something like that it was yeah. really funny yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah that was over in valencia we shot that
0: that was great nice. anything That's else awesome. I'll do one more. Okay. Uh, Return of the Living Dead 3.
1: I worked for Kenny Myers on that. And I got to do all kinds of stuff. That was cool. We worked literally out in the Newhall area in his barn. Mm -hmm. And he had about 10, 15 people in there. And we built all the skeletons and a bunch of makeups for that. And it was was basically garage shop work. And, you know, Kenny Myers, great makeup artist. Mm -hmm. And he and his... uh, he and his wife now. She did all the hair, we mm. did all the makeup, did it right there. I remember we shot that in Sierra Madre, but I don't remember any too many details about that. Okay.
0: Cool. Cool. <laughs> great. Very good. <laughs> Sweet Thank you. man. That's awesome, man. Well, thanks for doing this. This is this has been great. Good. I'm glad it worked out. I uh, I'm glad it kind of warmed up and just went away,
1: went on its way.
0: Yeah. We. You know. We with this one we wanted to. I mean, you did kind of t- type out a. Whole list here, but we wanted to kind of go away from our normal format and be a little looser and you know, yeah, a little spontaneous. Yeah, a little more spontaneous touch, with this touch one on on other notes rather than the. I have a full list of questions, but I just I just wanted to not do that this time. Great, you know. So I think it's wonderful. I hope I did good for you. It was great. Awesome. It Thanks great. for having me, man. Yeah, thank this you. Is really nice. <laughs> All right. This is Andrew signing off. This is Joey. See you later. This is Stefan from the Superhouse Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Patreon, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and any other godforsaken social media outlet that we we should be floating on. We are basically on all social media. (laughs) Yeah, all social media. Mainly Facebook and Twitter and Patreon. Check out the links in the description. We have uh, a lot of uh, cool goals uh, set up on our Patreon. Like if you donate a dollar... You get to go on a date with one of us for (laughs) $10,000. But you pay for everything. (laughs) (laughs) You get to have your way with Maddie for $20,000. For a million, (laughs)
2: I'll give you Joey
0: for a weekend. For $30,000, we'll help you hide a body. Check out our Patreon. (laughs) Superhouse Gigolo Project 2018. (laughs) (laughs) Link's in the description.